Boom shakalaka, we are live, sir. Let Hello. Shut, let me shut all this shit down so we're not distracted over here. Yes. There we go. Hey. The human drum machine. <laughs> Aaron Lanique, as you prefer to be called. Lanique, yes. It is French, <laughs> Czechoslovakian, Irish. Lanique. That's a lie. <laughs> that's a that's a bold-faced lie. We were, joking bullshit. Before the, we were joking before the podcast how everyone fucks up his name, and he didn't know how to pronounce some of the guests' names. Um even though you've known them for years oh, well, until I made a big deal of it out of it on the podcast, because these are, it wasn't just me. Yes. Like, like I, there's, right. we don't have to call them out or anything, but there's been a few people where it's like, so that is how you pronounce. Okay. Right, fuck. Yeah, Cause right. it's, these things have been debates on the local scene forever. Yes. Everyone calls you Aaron Lanick. It is incorrect. It's Lonick. Lonick. Yes. Long short a Nick. La- LA Nick. Like get <laughs> off my lawn. Get off my lawn. Ick. That's ick. Yes. You're so gross. A- <laughs> but yes, that your podcast has been very informative on names and the pronunciation of said names. So, or preferences Beautiful. of names. It's actually very informative. So, everybody get ready for some education. Yeah, there we go. Okay. There that we've we've done something positive. We've uh we've changed lives. Ma- yes, many lives. People are cheering in the streets all, all right with, now. All, <laughs> all with just pronouncing someone's name properly. Oh, it's so vital. We, How are we going to get gender pronouns down when we can't even get names down? I, so, I know. It's, <laughs> I can read your name on paper and still pronounce it incorrectly. I, how am I supposed to get a gender pronoun? I don't even know until you tell me what yeah, it is. Let's, yeah, we're going to have to go. That's English 101. That's I don't know. We'll have to go back to school. One. Yes. Oh, man. Brutal. <laughs> all right. So Aaron Lonick. Um, you've been a longtime friend of mine. You actually gave me my first set of symbols. They were yep. broken, yep. but I needed broken symbols to practice on when yep. I graduated from an electric kit to an acoustic drum set. Um, and you were in one of my favorite band, one of my favorite named bands <sighs> of all time. Do you remember? I'm, I'm going to guess. Pink Gorilla versus Panda Bear. That's exactly what it was, my man. <laughs> yes, that is one of the greatest band names of all time. Uh, you know, so much so, I want to see if we can pull it up. Do you have anything online we can show people? There is, yeah. Like my favorite go-to is like our footage from Warp Tour that we played when we won the. All Ernie right, where Ball. do I find it? It's on the YouTube's. Oh, that fucking old gem. Yeah. <laughs> Who goes to YouTube to watch content? God, only no, losers. I know. Put, put it on Vimeo or some bullshit. I the only know. people who are bigger losers than people who watch things on YouTube are people who put podcasts on YouTube. <laughs> especially no comment. Especially if they're long form three hour podcasts. Right, exactly. With full of <laughs> underground Minneapolis musicians oh, no one knows about. Yes, <sighs> this, is, this is the place, folks, right okay, here. Okay, so let's do this. Just search it. Just Yep. All right. Let's yep. see here. We, I, we got I, a few things out there, but that's usually just because, like, you know, this is that was, it was our dude, claim to fame. Oh, dude, I loved, I loved this band name. Oh shit! Like, okay, we had a promo video, and then there was the Blake's house. Actually, <laughs> that one, that one was crazy. That whole Blake's house thing. Okay, which one? Hold on, dude. We so, gotta find. I would just say I want to find tour. something first of all with your logo on it, dude. Oh fuck! The whole deal, we, like not just the performance and the music, dude. Like not just the name; it was the whole package. 
Spring Gorilla. <laughs> I, yeah, and then this, like you get all these sorts of... So as I'm searching this, let's start here. Where the fuck right. did that band name come from? Yeah, honestly, Steve, our guitarist, Steve Savret, um, the magnificent, one of my great buddies and easily the best guitarist I've ever played with. Um, he, I don't know, before we actually started the band, he was in my other band called In Hope to Die for a little bit. And he had started that as like his own personal side project, right? He tried introducing one of his songs to and hope to die and it, it was crazy because it was so he came from was that the, band and hope to die yeah because a yeah. lot of people I mean, do was, actually know those guys <laughs> right yeah that was will and i's band for a minute um for a few years and we migrated up to the cities when he did i had already been up here but uh uh he tried out after our guitarist and vocalist left so we had to put it back together and he had this side project by himself and i think tom tier might have been playing drums for a minute but uh yeah he had this crazy technical song and tried introducing it to us and it was done with all with no click and it was just crazy and it didn't pan out and then shortly after and hope to die broke up and i was going to go on to start we are legion with will and i lasted like one practice and i was going through some shit and i'm like dude i just i, I have to quit music right now for personal reasons so damn quit music and then like two weeks later steve hit me up and he's like dude we really got to start a band together and that's how it started. And so you he, quitting music lasted an entirety of two weeks? Two months. It was it was a long, <laughs> brutal, like, why am I doing this two months? But uh, yeah, so he had that, and we were using it as like a, a placeholder name because we're like, do we, I mean, seriously, Pink Rollers, Panda Bear. And we Dude, came it's up, the greatest band name of all time. Yeah, I, and so it just kind of stuck, and then we put the band together, and we got amazing fucking musicians to do it, and our vocalist Nick there, he's, dude... <laughs> If you ever want to have an interesting dude, so I can't dude. find the Warp Tour shit. Which uh, I'm going to play this first one because it's one minute. Okay. That other, yep. tw- I'm not playing 20 minutes of this. Holy fuck, that's loud. Yeah, that's Hold loud. on. <laughs> God damn it, that's way too loud. Yeah, that's album put to a. Jesus. Or what would have been our first album? Oh my god! Thank God I wasn't sharing that for the listeners. Yeah. Well, okay. Good. Here you go, guys. <laughs> I hope you're ready for this. Ugh. I'm just gonna rock your fucking socks off. Oh, wait, they can't hear that either. Hold on, I fucked up. I fucked up. It's amateur hour up in this muff. Hold on, I got to switch the uh, the fucking doohickey, you know, with the thingy. Oh, yeah, the, the whatchamacallit. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah well, that does the, the you know, the thing the that thing does the, the what. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that thing. <laughs> Everything like such as. <laughs> yeah, and I think we're crashing the live stream, so that's really great. Oh, boy. Good job, Lonick. It's not your fault. It's my fault. Here we go. Now, hopefully that didn't glitch too bad, you guys. If it did, I apologize. But here we go. This should work now. Yay. Start it over. Fucking amateur art. <laughs> and I don't cut this out because I just want people to know how shitty it is. Oh, dude. This is this is <laughs> this one is, of... This is your thing. This, this is, is... You make it live. Do it live. You you know, you Bill O'Reilly that shit, <laughs> like, man. Like... like an amateur hour in this <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right. Here we man. go, guys. Here we go. Oh, dude. So it's not synced up, or is it's it just not, off? No, no, yeah, it's it's. This is a Roman. What was his name? Rico Roman did this. Oh, I see what's going on. So you just took snips from the album. Yep. What would have been the album? 
I love this band. You guys were so fucking cool, dude. Yeah, thank you. It was just so obnoxious, and it was at the right time where it was like just the chaos of it. Yeah, just the obnoxious chaos. I just, I, I don't know. I loved it. I loved the this, the the pure arrogance of naming your band something that ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's right. just, it was awesome, dude. Yeah. It well, just, thank you, it just dude. struck the right nerve with me at the right time. That's and- that's cool. That's because I mean that was the labor of my life for after after Steve moved to Michigan. That's kind of what put the kibosh on it for a while. That like it broke my heart man like it really took a lot out of me like because i put everything into that band everything we all did you know like we'd stay up to like two in the morning writing songs for five hours and getting into fights like it was real right like this is not like hey get together for an hour see ya right this is the real deal legit shit but i know what you mean man yeah but here's the deal is like you're like hey we were up till two in the morning fucking having all these fights and shit well this is another phrase that i'm probably gonna end up fucking beating to death on this podcast but you can't create fire without a little friction man that's it find me one band who creates prolific music that didn't fight like cats and dogs and i'll eat my own ass because you're not gonna find one that's that's why i'll say some stupid shit like i'll eat my own ass because it's never happening yep you're absolutely right dude sorry you know i mean nobody likes it but hey the end result is yeah you, what, what I, honestly i wouldn't even want to be in a band like that where everyone got along perfectly all the time it's right. like yeah it's not what a band is right yeah a band is like it's like a soap opera that you live in well and most <laughs> of the like people that are really good and talented have those types of issues where okay he's got that side to him too that you have to try to manage or deal with and you you know like it's going to bring out certain elements you know between all the band members and yep you know, like you said, sometimes you just have to deal with that type of thing with that type of member to get to know like that guy is fucking good at what he does. So I'm going to deal with this. You know what I mean? That's just kind of how it goes. And that's that's what I would do. You know, I 100 percent, dude. Yeah. So it's not always pretty. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And don't get me wrong, man. I mean, I, I <clears throat> I've been that guy and I've worked with those guys um, and they're usually worth it. But it is not fucking easy. Yeah. And it takes work, you yep. know? And yeah, it, it's it's weird, man. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's tough, but it's needed. Because, uh-huh. yeah, when everybody gets well, gets along great together and it's like, okay, so you guys are going to be, what, a band like for a year? Right. Two years? Right. Okay, maybe you are around for 10 years, but you ain't doing shit. Right. Like, you ain't going to make no great music. I, list, I got a couple friends. None of them have been on the podcast. Um, but uh, I don't need people trying to figure out who the fuck I'm talking about. Um <laughs> you know who you are but uh, <laughs> they they're in these bands with like people they get along with really well and they send me their music and it's not good yeah right you know and then they send me another project they're involved with and some dude's like a recovering heroin addict and i'm, I'm like dude this is amazing I, dude, I, and he's like i know but he's just so difficult to work with i'm like it doesn't matter all right just deal with it <laughs> that's like, the guy you need to make music with exactly dude and and to preface too the majority of it has to do with the music part of it like you know yes we all have our personalities and stuff but a lot of it is the friction of the music that's being written that kind of thing because like just listening to your stuff i mean it's brilliant i i don't know he showed me a, a, a preview of his new group and it's pretty fucking awesome so I appreciate yeah, that. yeah it's it's like i can imagine those guys have like creative like inputs and 
you, they might take your input and go, no, what about this? And, you know, like that kind of friction, like the healthy type of friction. You know what I mean? Not like. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing is right now we don't have any friction because we don't really work together. Like I write right. the body of these songs. They have a hundred percent final say on their own parts that they write. Okay. Um, and then with Dalton, I'm sure I've pissed him off a lot. Yeah. But I, it's been in a means to push him you know and, and get more out of them yep um as he's banging off the rust from being in the navy for nine fucking years oh shit um yeah. with jeremy it's i mean i don't know this is an interesting band because i'm sure we will have that friction yep but and jeremy just just to be clear jeremy montoya montoya okay. yep yep um yeah the singer of the the project i'm in um these guys are at the end of the. They take my direction because it's my project, mm -hmm. right? But <sighs> that's about it. I kind of give them like some ideas on what to do or where to go, or like, hey, I like this part and this part not so much. Yep. Sometimes I'll break down what I don't like about it. Um, with Dalton, it's pretty easy actually because with Dalton, I just tell him to go like. You know, go more David Gilmore, go more yeah. Kirk Hammett, go more Dave Mustaine. I just give him certain guitar players. I'm like, do a little bit more of this instead of this. And then he just keeps sending me versions until I'm like, I like it. That's yep. the one. And usually he figures that out within the first two, maybe three attempts. Yep. But I don't break it down and be like, oh, this this note you're hitting here, I don't I don't like it. Right. Well, yeah. Because that's it, micromanagement level yeah. shit. You know, it's like, yeah. no, dude, it's your part. You write the part. And as long as you're happy playing your part, and as long as I'm happy with it working with the song, green light, let's go. Yep. But that's also different because I'm a grown-ass man now. <laughs> They're grown-ass men, and our egos are completely different than they were 10 years ago. Right. Where you're stuck in a room, everybody's fucking egos are smaller than they should be. They're bigger than they should be at the yep. wrong times. It's a completely different animal. Yes. But yep. I'm sure we'll get there because everybody's got their pet peeves and shit. And, oh, yeah. You know, yep. they'll come in when we're in the studio. And the hardest thing is just fucking writing something good enough to give to these guys to work right. with. That's yeah. the hardest part of this project. Because, yeah. like, man, I was talking with Wally and, and Josie. Like, I've been writing the last six, nine months, and not one of these new tracks is actually being sent to anyone because they're just not good enough. Right. Uh -huh. You know, I'm just pounding out songs or riffs, I should say, is more accurate, or pairs of riffs. Like, right. here's a chorus into a, or an, uh, here's a verse into a chorus. Yep. Something like that. And it's like, they're all trash. <laughs> they're all fucking trash. <laughs> See, dude. and that's, yeah, you're, you're probably your toughest critic, so you have a lot of inner conflict with yourself before yeah. you even get it to those guys, yep. so... Yep. And that's the mark of somebody that's really talented. So thanks, man. Yeah, it's I really enjoyed it. In fact, it's stuck in my head now. God damn it! <laughs> that's the that's the biggest thing. Is like, is it catchy? Don't because if it's not, it is. if it's not catchy, why are you doing it? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Like fuck, dude. Seriously, it doesn't matter how cool your guitar playing is, or your yep. drumming is, or yep. how fucking deep the lyrics are. If the shit doesn't get stuck in my head, good luck. Absolutely. Sorry, and man. That's the hardest part because. Uh, sometimes people that have it don't know how they have the ability to do that. Right. And try to, you know, put it into words or to enunciate on it is like, oh, we're dancing about architecture now, man. Fuck. Like, I can't. Like, what? I I just do it. Don't know what to tell you. Dude, it's, it's a weird <laughs> thing, too, because, like, lyrically, when I did write lyrics back in the day, I, um, the best lyrics I wrote were written 
to a basic cadence and rhythm, yeah. like a basic timing. And then they would just essentially be poems. Yeah. And then is what I would do is when I would hear a similar rhythm or cadence floating in this song that the guys were playing me, yeah. I would go find the the lyrics or poem I had written and then I would just pull that out and then adjust the cadence and the rhythm and the beat yeah, yeah, yeah. with yep. the new melody and yep. I'd tweak things and move shit around. But I I don't know how those guys do it either. Like like when they just like suddenly do something really good. Yeah. Jeremy uh, Montoya, I should call him Montoya because I knew too, I know too many Jeremy. Montoya has a really interesting process. And I don't know if I if he's comfortable with me saying it on the podcast, but um it's very unorthodox on how he does his writing. Yeah. And um it's really interesting because I'm getting into how with this podcast how different musicians approach and how we write and things like yep. that and it's wild to me it never ceases to amaze me how similar we all are yet how different we all are in our process yep oh yeah absolutely so let me ask you that so like when you're writing with a with a band um let's say it's in you know dying euphoria um that's both of our we were both yep. in that band i t- technically you're still in it um and we played a show together. We did. It was great. It was a lot of fun, except for the sound man. Like that, <laughs> we could all go on and on about that. But like, yeah, it was that was a great time. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was fine once Skywine got on stage that night. But, yeah, <laughs> Wait, what? Skywine played? What, who was it? It was. Wasn't it Wally? No. Okay, now I can't even remember <laughs> who headlined that show. It wasn't Shit. us. No, we. <laughs> great. This is awesome. Oh, I'm thinking of a different show. I'm thinking of a different show altogether. It oh, was um, dear Lord. Jeremy can answer Standing this one Alliance. next week. Standing Alliance, yes. That's who headlined it. It was their CD release. Yep. Justin, shout out to Justin. He was on the podcast. Yep. Yeah, I saw that one. He brought the amazing beers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, dude, that shit was good as fuck, too. I, I was like, oh, man. Dude, these, it, I was hanging out with uh, Paul. You remember Paul from The Rock? I ain't trying to put his last name out on there. I don't know if he wants uh, me known like that. Maybe. Big dude. Bigger dude. Uh, Portly fella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got dreads and That's shit. his name, Paul? Okay, I didn't know that. Okay. Um, I was over at his house a couple of weeks ago for a Vikings game, and uh, his buddy busted out these milkshake IPAs, which is what Justin oh, had, yeah. if I remember right. Yep, one of them was a milkshake IPA. These fucking milkshake IPAs are fucking out of this world, Ooh, bro. They bring all the boys to the yard. Dude, I'm oh, telling shit. you, man. Like, I, Dude, I haven't... I haven't uh, enjoyed a new type of beer in so long. Like they're fruity as fuck, yep. but they're like I don't know how to explain them, man. I gotta make one. I gotta yeah. find out how they're made, and I gotta brew one. I think they. It's I, gotta be just a lot of lactose, right? I was gonna say lactose. Yep. Because you're a brewer, Infused. we yep. should let people know we I talked did about this before ale, the yeah. podcast. Yep. Um. Yeah, we're both home brewers. Yeah, home brewers. I'm, he does. Uh, he does some good shit too, man. <laughs> I. Uh, just showed him before the podcast my setup that I'm building and working on right now where I'm going to have the kegerator set up with the taps and I am went and bought a bunch of ingredients and we're going to brew some beer and I'm going to start serving my own beer on mm, the podcast eventually. Brilliant. It's going to be great. Brilliant. It's going to be great. It'll definitely drop the cost of supplying booze for everyone exactly. that shows up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But yeah, we brew. I, I brought him a bottle of my latest Scotch Ale and uh, that was probably like oddly enough like you'll see when you taste when you taste it man like you swear like 
like obtusely yes like and how this is all straight grains and liquid malt extract so and i'm like what did you did you do the the soaked no oak no the oak chunks none of it none and what normally yeah normally when it's infused like with a whiskey or you know a bourbon or something like that like you get the pre-packaged wood chips that are from a wine barrel or a whiskey barrel whatever you know this was all just grains and liquid malt extract so i'm like well it might have a you know a note of it but dang i was like holy cow this is scotch infused like you will not the only thing i can think of then is it must be the type of malt the way uh-huh. they did it um it must be super dense in sugars yep so the alcohol content must just be through the roof it's com- compared to the amount of hops they put in it to balance the flavor. Right, yeah. Right? Low IBU. It's lower IBU, obviously. Right, but, but you uh, must have not put shit for hops in it then. No, yeah. it's There That's was like one variety, it. I think, you yeah. know, and that was like a bittering hop, you know. And so, you probably put it in early. Yeah, yep. Yeah, it, you didn't it, do anything late nope. into the boil. Yeah, yep. that makes sense. No then. dry hop and none of, none of that stuff. But uh, yeah, it's it really blew my mind how it just strictly was grains and liquid malt extract that really brought out the flavor of the scotch so uh, yeah so you're doing malt extract kits yep that's where i'm yep. still at right now just because of convenience yep um because mm-hmm. i it's not even it's not even a money issue because i just don't have 12 hours to brew exactly i mean i would love to do a full mash but i don't have that kind of time <laughs> yeah i don't have a mash ton yeah for anyone that's confused what we're talking about um the way we brew it's it's not as good and it's not as cheap, but it's incredibly good. Yes. It is better than most of the shit you'll still buy in the, in the fucking liquor store. And I can brew an entire five-gallon um, run of beer in two to four hours. And then I can do that once a week yeah. and just constantly have beers in fermentation, yep. beers in secondary, beers in the keg carbonating. Yep empty k i can constantly be rotating them out and it's an easy workload when you do all grain you're doing 10 gallons yep, at a pop gallons. instead of five and it takes your two to a four hour brew day and it turns it into a 10 to a 12 hour brew day and i ain't got time for that shit. yeah you i don't just, know how anybody has time for that shit yeah man. it's the people that like i don't know if you've heard of falling knife brewery they're a new one that no. just opened in the uh, north gate the oh, old nice. Northgate location. You should tell them to sponsor the podcast. Send me yes. some beer. Those guys are great. <laughs> they're, they're musicians, actually, that no shit. became brewers. Yeah. Um, Tom Berg, the head, I, I believe he's a headmaster brewer. Well, anyways, he's I one of the owners. Name. Tom Berg, he's a basis for Self-Evident um, and the basis for Zebulon Pike. Uh, two amazing bands. Two of my favorite bands. Two different genres. But uh, yeah, they... That's he started doing that shit back in like 2004, 2005, and he eventually went on to win like gold medals at the uh, the big brew fest um, competition they have at the what's the state fairgrounds, and he just continued. He became the headmaster brewer for a minute over at um, Wicked Wart. Oh, sick! And he does like just weird varieties like Cole styles, IPLs. Which I don't know if you're a fan of IPLs. Yeah, at it's all. just an India Pale Lager. Yeah, and I I love that idea because I love the hops. I love the taste of an IPA. Yeah. But on certain days, yeah, fuck yeah. man, yeah, three four IPAs on a hot summer day will get you fucking hammered yep. and then dehydrated. dehydrated, and you will be dying. Yep. You will fuck. 
So I love the idea of the IPL. It gives me the flavor of the IPA, yep. but it's got the lighter body, the yep. lower alcohol, so I can slam them all mm-hmm. fucking day. Mm-hmm. That shit rocks. Right. And I, I love the it. thing is, is like I'd, I'd had them before, and I'm like, God, this is and just a, true a bad IPL idea. IPL uses lager yeast, yep. which means you ferment it yep. at 55 degrees instead of like 70 or whatever yep. the fuck it is. For two weeks, yep. That's yep. exactly right. And yep. so that, that changes the profile as well. So it's not yep. just a low alcohol, low hop IPA. Mm-hmm. It's brewed with different yeast. Yep. For anyone that's interested in what we're talking about right now, if you're not, I'm sorry. This was inevitable. <laughs> you I just all didn't know, know you are. I just didn't know Beer. it was going to be Aaron that we, that we were going to go down the fucking the home brewer's rabbit hole with. Yeah. I would, I'm, you know who I'm trying to get on is uh, Caligari. Oh, okay. I'm not sure I'm familiar with. You know Joe. Joe. Oh, Joe. Joe. Caligula. Yeah. Caligula. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no one can pronounce his fucking last name either. Yeah, Joe's another. But not only is he maniacal, but didn't he get a job at Surly? I I don't know if he's still there now, but I'm pretty sure he got a job at Surly. I think so. Which is like the mecca of brewing here in Minnesota. Well, yeah, and they're kind of going bye-bye, at least from the taproom perspective. What do you think about all that? Uh, I think it's it's a blessing in disguise. Why? I, uh, okay, so I've known those guys for a while. Um, like personally, Omar and all I, that? I mean, not Omar, but Todd and like that era where they were still in Brooklyn Center. That was their main facility. Um, we did a Al Town and I did like a, a tour of the facility, like videotaped yeah, I did and that. everything. I did and, that tour, yeah. Oh, you did? Uh-huh. Oh, well, this was like not like a tour tour. It was like we walked around with Todd and he showed us all the stuff and we were doing an oh. actual promo video forum, interview, that oh, kind of no thing. Oh, shit. Yeah, this was back in like 2010 or 11. And, you know, that's when they had a great idea. They're right at the cusp of like, you know, just any band, for instance, like they have this new fresh idea and they're coming up and then they just get too big for their britches and... You know, just everything that I've heard about how, you know, the employees got treated, I guess, or just their business model at the new place. Kind of. So is, that, is that what happened? Because I've been super confused about this because I've known people who've worked there. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Sarah, I used to date her boyfriend, fiance, husband, whatever, her cousin. His okay. cousin. So, like, we would go to their house and have, like, Thanksgiving dinner and shit. Oh, nice. Okay. And she was always very happy with her job. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It was one of the hardest places to get a job. It was, like, yep. the dream job right. for anybody who's an aspiring brewer. Right. So, you're saying something happened when well, they moved to the new spot? Like, I, the company changed? The the business model? Something changed? Right. Yeah. Before that, like, you know, and you can't take my word at you know, a hundred percent face value on this. This Dude, is this all is a hearsay, podcast. right? I know this is pure speculation right. with zero follow up, right? And it's only <laughs> exactly yes. Find a link, link it. No, but like I, you know, a, a lot of people speculated that they've heard you know things from Todd, and this is you know third or fourth person you know hearing it. So whatever truth there is to it, like he just wasn't happy with the way they were going, like their business model, that kind of thing. So he left and went to three Floyds and, you know, went on to just great success, you know, and it, and then I heard from, you know, other people through the grapevine that some of their employees, you know, had issues with how things were being run there. So, but again, that doesn't, 
encapsulate the entire operation of what's going on. So like right. your friend Sarah said, you know, she loved it. And I'm sure there's other employees that did. You well, know? that was also back in the day. This was way before the Surly Law got passed. This was way oh, before the downtown okay. complex got passed. Okay. This is back in the Brooklyn Center days okay. when they were like the cult thing. Right. They were like, the, okay. they were the still the big boys on the block already. Yep. But they weren't, they weren't this. Yep. You know, and they, they were doing like Darkness Days. And yeah, shit. yeah. Did you ever God. Play, did you ever play Darkness Days? Yeah, We Are Legion did in 2011. Did you do it with Pat? With Ruland? With whatever band he was in at the time? No. He, could have been Australis. Could have been The Body Beneath. Because uh, he did it a few times. Yeah, I can't remember what band. He did do it. Oh, my God. Now, what band was it that? Was it Australis? I thought there was Ambassador Gun. Ambassador ah, Gun yep, did it. Yep, yep. God, yep. I miss those guys. That's the one that he started with Tim from Seconds from the Surface, right? Yep. Tim and Luke, yes. Yep. <coughs> Great fucking band. Seconds Great. from the Surface was a cool band. Yep. Yeah, that's what they were that's called before. That's another cool band name. Yeah. It's, that was a We Are Legion song, too. Fucking band, band names are so fucking tough, man. Oh, uh, I just... That's why my other band, Isilic, like, we tortured over just whatever like do you guys still yeah. joke about dying euphoria and how bad of a name it is oh god like yeah because we did when i was in the band yeah, oh yeah we you know yeah that's a whole nother rabbit hole dying euphoria and the story but... of, the story of how that band name came to be is so fucking stupid yeah yep like yep. i'll tell that one. i know jeremy won't be sandy about this i'll tell that story just to put everything in context so jeremy had a really great band name in mind which was the dying, dying light. light yep and which is the name of a book by faulkner i think mm-hmm Maybe it's not Faulkner. Don't quote me on that one. uh, He didn't tell us about that part, but the first uh, part, yes. But yeah, it's the name of a book, a really good book, and I'm just spacing on the name. Um, and Joe, I I think it's the same guy who wrote "As I Lay Dying." Yes. Oh, Google might know. Yeah. (laughs) Why can't we figure things out on a podcast? Anyway, so uh, that's what he wanted the name to be, which was uh, The Dying Light. And then fucking Jason, the drummer at the time, wanted the name to just be Euphoria. (laughs) And so Jeremy, being the cool guy he is, made a compromise, and they named it Dying Euphoria. Right. Which is worse than either of the two options. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right, like, yes. It is a way worse. Ba- it's the dumbest fucking band name out there. And then, of course, what did you ask earlier? Like, did you spell your... Because you asked me my project name. Yeah. And you're like, did you spell it right? And I was like, yep. Because <laughs> right. the same thing. We used to talk about this. Jeremy, I didn't even notice it at first until yeah. Jeremy pointed it out. Yeah. And he's like, I hate this band name because no one can find it on the internet. Yeah, because we spell other... Euphoria incorrectly. Yep. We spell it with an F instead of a PH. Yeah. No one can find our fuck, and he was right. He was right. It was a terrible fucking band name. Yep. At this point, you guys should just change your fucking name. Well, I mean, we did change it back to, with the ph, the correct spelling. So, oh, did you? I mean, yeah, and you know, depending on what I did see, I didn't even notice that either. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's the thing because all of the el- anything that they've recorded or put out has you know the the f spelling, so to speak. So I think it's the dying know. of the light. Yeah, that might be it. Wait, no, Dying Light. Here it is, right here. It's this book. Oh, no, that's not it. This was written in 2015. Jeremy had this idea like 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Jeremy. Yeah. He'll tell you when Blake, he comes on next Blake, week. Blakey Poo will either clear this up in the comments, or he will 
uh, clear this up when he comes on the podcast. There we go. Bam. He, uh, he knows. He's the mecca of truth. Yeah, because he is actually coming on. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, dude, it's fucking <laughs> band names, man. I know. I, I mean, I've come up with my share of bad ones, but I've been really lucky yeah. to come up with actually fairly decent ones the last couple times. Yeah. Like the Tyrants, that was my idea. Yeah. I came up with that one. That was a good band name. Um, Rivalry, that's mine. That's, that's a good sweet. band name. I dig that. I um, really dig that one. Uh, I didn't come up with Solace and Ashes, which is, it's that's actually a pretty still decent name. Yeah. You know, it's not great. Yep. No, yeah. But it was decent. It doesn't make you cringe. I mean, people called us Solace. That's right. that's the only problem I have with it is people just eventually shortened it, shortened it yep. and they were like, hey, let's fucking go to the Solace so, show. You were in Solace of Ashes. Yeah. With the singer. With, with Pat Nick. And Nick, yep. Okay. All right. All right. That yeah. I was trying to remember this for the show in fact, today. That's the reason they're in the scene and in the industry is because that band. Okay. So it's funny because I, I fucking forgot about all of this. Uh-huh. And then I'm building my website. So um way back in the day, now that it's back online. I mean, it's not really online, but it, it's sort of up. And I went to it to see what we're doing to it and yeah. see how it looks. And all of a sudden, I f- realized that I still have one of the podcast episodes, the audio up from the first version of the podcast I did with Ruland. Oh, sh- And I started out, you know, much like I do this one. I'm like, so pe- for people that don't know, tell people who you are and what you do, you know, and what yeah. you do and how you got started and all that shit. And he's like, well, you know, I, uh, I actually, I'm a drummer and, uh, I actually got started in the industry, uh, because of you. Oh, nice. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, dude, think about it. Like you remember. And he just, we, boom, the podcast started and yeah, that's right. He was fucking in marching band and they had like a basement band with their buddies. Okay. And they put some music out there. And they put it on musicscene.org back in the day. Yeah. And yeah, I found yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I hit him up and I was like, this shit's actually pretty good. Yep. Like, if you guys want to be a real band, like, I have the connections. We can do this yep. like, now. And within 90 days, we had an entire album written and we were playing our first show. And our first show was horrible. But 30 days later, we played our second show. And Joe Spanbauer saw us and he goes, that's not the same band I saw a month ago. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, I Star told Central? you. Star Central? Probably. S- yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I got the in pass. You know, I'd already yeah. paid my dues in the previous band. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so Nick, no no real experience on stage yeah. before this. Because um, cause when I say experience, when I'm interviewing people and shit for bands, because yeah. we still have to go through that sometimes. Right, Every right. once in a while, you still got to have real auditions yes. in this town. You know, yeah. not That's a beautiful thing about this town. Oh, yeah. Is <clears throat> when you're building a band here, if you're in the scene, you can fill out your entire roster without holding a single audition. Yep. Unlike LA. Yeah, yeah. However, Oof. not always. Sometimes right. guys are busy. Sometimes your project isn't the right thing. You know, I mean, I can't tell you how many fucking people I presented with my project and it was either too heavy or not heavy enough yep. for literally everyone. Yeah. Literally everyone. It yep. was it seemed impossible like it was never going to happen. But you get in that interview process. Okay, so tell me about your experience. Yeah. Have um, you ever played any shows before? And they go, "Uh, you know, no, I've never played any shows. I mean, I played a few shows, you know." And I'm like, <laughs> "Okay. Um High school talent shows don't count. And they're like, okay, then no, I've never played a State show before. fairs, fucking county fairs, yeah. Sometimes those are legit. 
Ah, I know. I've Minnesota done a couple State of those. Fair is legit. Well, not not the State Fair. I shouldn't say a State Fair. I've done some county fairs before. Have you ever uh, seen a bad band at the Minnesota State Fair? No, fuck no. Neither Absolutely, it's been great. Neither Every, have I. Saw ZZ Top, Doomtree, Brother Ali. Even the side fucking... stages, like even in the beer yeah, gardens. Yeah, like I've yep. never once seen a bad musician. Well, yeah, at the State Fair. It's the great Minnesota get together. It better not be fucked up. But for the <laughs> listeners, yeah. they're thinking Minnesota State Fair. If they're not in Minnesota, they have no idea what we're talking about. It's right. the biggest thing oh, in yeah. the country. Yep. Like nobody else's state fair is as big as ours. Technically, Texas is, is gets more attendance, but they run uh-huh. theirs for 30 days. 30? We Woo! run ours for 12 motherfuckers. 12 days. Yeah. Yep. And we got Martha's cookies. So what's up? Yeah. What's up, bitch? Uh, Sweet uh, Martha. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, I'm talking about even people from the region that go. Like, not a lot of people go to the state fair for music. You go for no, the food, yeah, you right. go for beers, yep. you go for rides, you go for, you know, the tradition. But I'm sitting here talking to you, and you brought up state fairs and county fairs. Yep. And yeah, you can see some really bad acts at county fairs. But damn right. it, man, I'm thinking about this right now out loud. Yeah. Can you think of one time you've actually seen a nope. bad band every lineup anywhere, that comes through anywhere. every year? Yeah. Not even just the main, st- the the grandstand. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like even I, any those the little stages, pockets yeah. and yep. shit, you know, like the they they put the band shells up in the middle, and yep. there's like what three of those I think yep. down at the bazaar. Yep. Like you go to the bazaar, you'll see the most badass polka band you ever seen in your yeah, fucking yep. life. Yeah, yeah. There's different genres. <laughs> there's like Jamaican <laughs> music. And it is a wild. I'm just now realizing. Yeah, this, you have dude. to stop and watch and go. Wow, these guys are amazing. And I saw Dessa there in 2019 on one of the side stages, and she just. Blows, she blows my mind every time. I've seen her like four or five times and just, yes, you know, it's, and you get to see him for free. Yeah. Like this is an amazing artist that I just get to watch for free. That's awesome. You know, I think next year, cause I think, I think we'll be able to go to the state fair next year. Yeah. That's, I think crossed. so. I think so. I have zero faith that we'll get through the summer with anything else. Mm-hmm. I think everything think so? else. Yeah. 2021? I, oh. Yeah. I don't okay. think I don't think concerts will even be back uh, next. I mean, maybe local concerts they'll yeah. let happen, but not like stadium concerts and shit. It's not happening. What? Yeah. Um, There's just too many people and too many potential variables, yeah. and it's too hard to track, so they're not going to allow it, but they'll start opening up. They already did. They just opened up. They said uh, now starting in Minnesota soon, um, they're going to allow indoor music. Yep. Saw that. Which is fine, but like people still aren't going to go. It's going to take them a while yep. before they're comfortable going, yep. which I think will be next summer. I but... mean, they've Route 47's already had a few shows. Have they? But yeah. Yep. Is there um, people going? Gensmer's band played there just recently. I want to know if there's people going. That's what I want to know. From uh, And yeah, I don't know if Gensmer touched on it or not to give those kind of details, but um, yeah, I don't... He I, talked I, about I, just outdoor shit. He's like, oh, we, we've just been doing outdoor shit. Okay. I, I don't... I mean, that one I think was indoors, but, um, and I think they're doing indoor shows. Um, it looks, I've seen some video footage and it looked like it was a little bit sparsely populated, but I, you know, again, that was just from a video clip, you know? So I don't, you know, I would, I I would think, yeah, maybe people are still kind of like, I really want to go to a show, which, you know, who fuck doesn't, (laughs) you know? But, um, I think people are still really cautious. Like you said, you know, like. Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah. It's fucking so, weird, dude. Uh, the just, whole idea right now is weird. But I do yeah. think by the end of next summer that they're gonna go, All right, like we're gonna we're gonna do the state fair this year yep. and we'll see what happens. Right. I think they're gonna allow it. I think they're gonna have to allow it because they don't realize like there's an entire part of that city over there that 
pays their entire yearly mortgage yep. just based on the revenue they bring in living near the state fair selling and doing shit. Yep. Yep. for 12 days yep. like parking and the parking is the big one we've read about that in the papers yep. right yep. so for people that don't know what we're talking about go, you go ahead you tell you tell people what we're talking about yeah that's the state fair it's in is it rose no it's yeah, um it's like falcon heights yeah, um yeah so anyways it's like uh parking there is impossible it's just you know city streets there's no park there is a parking lot it's yeah a, it's surrounded by a neighborhood Right, yeah. There's, you know, shuttling and blah, blah, blah. But, like, if you want to get down there, you have to... Some people open their yards that literally live right on the street adjacent yeah. from the fairgrounds, and they, you know, 20 bucks to park in their lot, and they'll get, in their like... fucking yard. Yeah. 12 days, five or six cars a pop, like, every day, do the math. Oh, like it's way making, more than that. Oh, probably, yeah, more. That, so that's on the low end, but, like, do the math. Like, yeah. 20 bucks... A, a car times 10 times 12 and most people don't stay all day so most people yeah. go for a few hours so. right and then you get more yeah yep. so yeah, oh, God, yeah it's, it's crazy it, it, yeah even like we were just talking about Martha's cookies like the last figure I read from what they netted from selling their cookies in like 2016 no 2015 they netted about 1.9 million dollars of like profit Net like net profit, in not 12 gross profit. Fucking, net profit, exactly. Yes, after all expenses, <laughs> in twelve like, days. Yes, I, that's a hundred G's a day. Yeah, profit. Yeah, and you you know if you go, people that have gone, you the lines are ridiculous, and people will wait to get those damn cookies because they are that and those, good. And that's Martha's Cookies, who has a thing in the fair. Yep. The parking thing. The reason we brought that up is because those families who are renting. 20 bucks to park in their front yard if you if you're close yep. to the state fair it's like 40 bucks because yep. you it's you know you're 300 feet away yeah but you go you'll walk a half a mile yep. into the neighborhood and still pay yep. 20 bucks to park in somebody's yard yep but then you have a parking spot it's what it is right the city turns a blind eye allows you to park on grass for 12 days in yep. this neighborhood because they understand it and it brings so much fucking revenue that oh, these people will Lord. pay their mortgage for the year yep just based on this parking so yep. they shut it down one year and and i'm i'm just saying man there there's oh. no way that they're going to be able to resist that monetary pressure a second consecutive year uh there's there's no way it's gonna have there's massive no consequences there's no way, man. yeah it's i yeah so hopefully that shit comes back because we all love it we all miss it we miss everything about pre-covid life so please give us a vaccine <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're a hermit, yeah. Then well, you're like, yeah. I love. Yes, yeah, this is. I was designed Those for this. Fucking weirdos. Not going anywhere, or just wear a mask everywhere you go. And you know, honestly, like we sh we kind of should do that. You know, as a normal practice to a degree, anyways. Like I'm not we could go down in a fucking mask. Well, on a you regular know, basis. Dude. Well, I I mean, you can barely get me every, to do it now, right? Not everybody, but you know what I mean. Like in certain situations where, like, okay businesses my job specifically we would benefit more from it to be honest with you because you're in close proximity with people one person gets it man everybody's getting it and you're out of commission you're down half staff for like two months it's no joke you know so i i don't know there's 
we could go down the COVID rabbit hole on this, but I actually you know. get exhausted talking about it. To be honest, like I, I, if you want to talk about it, we can. But I have no, no desire. No, to actually I don't. Down this. I don't. I don't. Um, for I don't. the listeners that wonder why I've been avoiding it, and I shut that shit down right away. It's not because I'm afraid of being demonetized. Come on, I'm way too big, big of a renegade for that. I'll do whatever the fuck I want. That's the point of doing this, right? Yeah. Um, it's also not because I think it's controversial, and I don't want to offend anyone. No. Also, renegade. What the fuck are you talking about? Do you know me? Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. The reality you know is. Who I am? It's fucking exhausting because no one seems to know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. And I have yeah. friends who are like doctors and nurses uh-huh. and people that are going to school about this and they're studying this shit yep. and they're dealing with it. And quite frankly, it's almost like listening to somebody talk about the earth being flat. Right. And it's like, dude, I may not be a fucking astrophysicist. But I paid attention in math and science class, and I can calculate that the Earth is round with right. several simple things. Like, I can easily research verifiable information and prove that COVID is real, mm-hmm. and all of these things are, like, maybe extreme, mm-hmm. but they're not made up. Right, right, right. Anything outside of that is exhausting yeah me. no right and yeah. i just don't have the energy for it man i have yep. three hour conversations on a regular basis with people i'm on the phone all day scheduling and talking to people yep. like i'm still doing music you know what i mean mm-hmm. like fuck dude yeah i just i don't have the energy to mm-hmm. argue or talk about this kind yeah. of shit you know it's the same reason we don't talk too heavily about fucking i mean we do get into politics if, politics, get, if the yeah. guest wants to you know if they get fired up and they talk about it like i'll follow them down that rabbit hole because that's yeah. the point is like what do you guys the whole point is to get to know the guest right, right i do exactly. i do a lot of talking yeah mm-hmm. um I get, I get that probably too much <laughs> but i won't i i really won't unless i'm completely burnt out on it dude like if if I just got out of a fucking two-hour conversation about flat Earth, and yeah. then the next guest wants to bring it up and try to tell me that the Earth is flat, I'm I shutting like, that shit down. If it's I, fucking round. You know what I mean? End of discussion. If I just watched three hours of fucking COVID arguments yeah, on right. fucking TV, mm-hmm. and then the next guest wants to talk about fucking COVID, I'm going to shut that shit down. Yep. Because in, yep. That, in that one circumstance, I'm burnt out on that. Yeah. The oh, I'm dude. Yeah. Too. And there's so much misinformation that's being disseminated exactly. on all platforms. And and it's been weaponized. That's my other thing is like it. all this information is not only misinformation, but mm-hmm. it's been weaponized. Yep. To divide us and oh. get us to argue and squabble. There the, seems the to worst be no I've never ground. Yeah, the worst I've ever seen. Like, and that's why politics in my life right now is non existent, you know, in a in a way that I don't, you know, bring it up and, you know, have conversations with people because it's that it's gotten to that divisiveness and just downright like I can't even have a good conversation with anybody about it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, even with people you agree with, like it, it's chaos it's true chaos it's the most chaotic i've ever seen it so i don't want to add to it you know fuck that like yeah. we got better things to do so <laughs> no i agree with you dude yeah so. it's, it's it's infuriating it's exhausting I, i'm over it yep um is it, the reason it keeps coming up though and i can't avoid it though is because it's affecting my life directly with my music yeah and my ability yeah. to get podcast it, it guests and travel mm-hmm. and make money and shit like that so it keeps coming up it's not like we can ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist it's going to keep coming up <laughs> yeah yeah you know cuz 
I mean, fuck, we got to figure out how to perform. We got to figure out how to get through this winter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's the other thing. Yes. Good like, point. There's not going to be any live music this winter, not properly. So we're going to have to figure out a way to do some online streaming yeah. and a decent quality. Yep. You know, yep. and, and I think too many people are putting too much um, emphasis on trying to figure out how to get a good, high quality video mm-hmm. online. Yep. And it's like, dude, let's just get good, high quality audio online yep. and just get some video so people can see you. Right. Let's start there. Yep. Um, but we need a space for that. Mm-hmm. We need a bunch of people to come together mm-hmm. and fucking, it's not going to be easy, man. But yep. we need to do it. Yeah. We got to, we need to think outside the box. Like, cause yeah, like you said, like everything, the whole entire, you know, platform has changed. So we have to really either it's, you know, Darwinism, really, you have to, you know, survive to exist and you have to think outside the box and learn how to survive in a new environment. So that's what we're, some of us are trying to do. You know, there are bands that are playing live shows and that kind of thing. And, you know, I think we all miss that, but, um, and I hope it's successful for those guys because, you know, a lot of those guys depend on it, like, to that point. Like, you and I, like, we're kind of hobbyists to a degree, I guess, for lack of a better term, you know, at least in the band part of it, you know, whatever. So, I mean, you, yeah, you might have more um, things going on with it. But me, personally, I'm just, it's it's a glorified hobby. You know, I lose money more than I make it. You know? I think a lot it's of that, though, is the pain metal life. Yeah, yeah. You know, like when you're or in underground that brutal stuff, metal yeah. shit, yeah. like it's just so hard to make money. I mm-hmm. wouldn't say you're a hobbyist. That's insulting to the to the time, energy, and, and, and craft you've developed is what it is, is you're in a very difficult genre to be profitable and monetized yeah, to yeah. begin with. Um, I mean, look at Cannibal Corpse. Yeah. You know, they do finally make money, but they're the exception, not the rule. Right, right, right. You know, yeah. they're the only death metal band that's a household name. Yeah. Up yeah. there with Metallica right. and Bon Jovi. <laughs> you know, like my mom has heard of Cannibal Corpse. That says some shit. Yeah. You know? Um, but I remember playing here locally with DE, with Dying Euphoria, and me and Jeremy were hanging out with the guys from Diecast because they came through oh, on yeah, tour. Oh, yeah. And Jeremy asked, dude, he's like, uh, so what do you do when you're not on tour? And he's like, I work at Best Buy and sleep on my mom's couch. Jeez. And it was like heartbreaking for Jeremy. It like devastated him. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, oh, so you guys have no idea to run a business. That's what I heard. Right, Jeremy right. heard, even when you're making it, there's no music. Yeah. I heard you guys have no fucking idea to run a business okay. and you're depending on other people to put you on the road. Right. That's it's just I'm not saying Jeremy's wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's just how I he, think. That's like, your interpretation. Like, like I heard the same words, uh-huh. but got a completely different message. Right. 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 I'm right, like, right. Okay. <laughs> so they don't even know how to like be profitable yep. and earn passive income. And like, yeah, it's like, dude, come on, man. Like, yeah. Well, the platform what, at that time was. You know, you didn't, you don't have the tools like you have nowadays to do like the passive type of income or just have a business I mean, yeah, model you around. Yeah, you fucking did. Well, man. yeah, I mean, I, back in the eighties, you could do a fan yeah. club for four ninety nine a oh, month. Oh yeah, I suppose. Dude, yeah. it was able to be done. Yeah. You had to be innovative. In yeah, fact, yeah, yeah. Many yeah, would argue true. back then it was easier. Yeah. Because especially if you're in a position like a diecast, because you already have a name, you've got a hit song, you've yeah. got a popular record, you're out on tour. It's like uh, it's kind of like the lesson that that Rich taught me when I was really young, coming up in the scene. Rich Zazada from Skywind, um, who's been on the podcast actually, great drummer, yeah, um, another great yep. drummer. Uh, I've almost got all of you guys. 
I've almost got all yes. the drummers on the podcast already. But um, he said uh, he taught me a great lesson. They they won a battle of the bands and got to go play X-Fest main stage, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it was side stage, but I seen the fucking video. They played in front of the entire crowd. Okay. Like they played in front of the same fucking crowd that all the big. It was insane. Yeah. It was what every single one of us dream of. Yep. Like it was incredible. Yep. So. I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, dude, that must have been huge for you. And he's like, well, it gave us a little bit of credibility in the industry and gave us some more opportunities. But yeah. as far as like fans and record sales, nothing. And I was like, why? How? He goes, dude, we were not ready for that opportunity. And oh. immediately. So, boom, I hear we were not ready for that opportunity. I already knew everything he was going to say. Like he said that and it was almost as if, as if somebody took a fucking key to a file cabinet and unlocked <laughs> it. And then the file cabinet sprung <laughs> open. Right. Bruce and I could Almighty read style. and I could read all the labels as they came through. Right. And is basically and I was right, too, because the without going on for an hour like he did, the, the bullet points were very simple. We had no vehicle to capture those fans yeah. or put. I don't know if he said this or I've used this word since, but they weren't able to put a thumbprint down on that crowd Mm -hmm. because those people had no ability to get back to that band and that and access that music. So you can play in front of a hundred thousand people, but unless those hundred thousand people have the ability to turn around and access your music and become fans, it's literally a worthless opportunity other than adding something to your resume, maybe making a couple network connections. Mm -hmm. So again, I am not advising anybody to turn down that show. Yeah, right, right, right. But right. understand what you're going into it for. Yeah. Yes, yep. you want a battle of the bands. You are going to play in front of 80,000 people. Yep. This will be the biggest opportunity of your life, but believe it or not, you're not really there to get new fans and to impress the crowd and the fans. Yep. You're there to meet new people backstage, make new connections, and yep. impress the industry cats. Yep. Who are going to go, these guys are good. That's exactly right, actually. I can, How did I they, can who is this? Yep. Okay, this is the, okay. Yeah. Then they approach you and go, hey, I really think you guys have something here, and I've been watching you all weekend. I really like the way you guys conduct your business. I'd like to put you out on tour and see if you guys you know, can maybe be profitable, yep. and maybe we can get some people to invest in you. Yep. They may, may not use that language, but I'm dumbing it down to where everybody can understand what we're talking about right now. Right, yep. Because there are other people listening. Yeah. No, right, right, <laughs> we, We'll get yeah. lost yeah. in a conversation. I know, dude, right? rabbit but, hole. <laughs> but this is what people don't understand, is it's still a fucking business. Yeah. And the one thing I'm getting tired of, to bring it back to what you said about being a hobbyist, is like, now I'm not talking about you right now. I'm yeah. talking about guys that do make marketable music yep. or don't make marketable music. Yeah. But regardless of yep. whether, what they're doing musically, they've already surrendered to the fact that they're not going to make money. Mm-hmm. So they don't even try. And yeah, I hear this true. shit from the guys on the podcast and I call them out. Mm-hmm. Right? I, dude, I'm not trying to be a dick, but I'll be, they'll say like, I, you know, I'm, I'm well, not doing it for the money. And I'm like, why not? Yeah, right, like, right, right. Why right. do we keep defaulting to that? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. You're only as good as what you're sh- shooting for. Right. Like if you're, if you set yourself up for that type of, you know, goal, I mean, what do you expect? Like that's going to be your outcome if you have that expectation, you know? Yeah. And it's not, it's weird because the vocalist from a band, Isla Chester, he is very much like you got, you guys think a lot alike when it comes to like marketing and, you know, how to generate revenue and that kind of thing for your band and like really make it profitable. Like, and his ideas, I, you know, I'd been so ingrained in a certain way that bands operate for so long. Like 
after a while you're like, okay, this is how it works, you know? And you kind of exactly. get, you kind of get like complacent and closed minded with that, you know, cycle. And when somebody comes in and throws a, a, a monkey wrench into that process and makes you think outside of that, and it's, it's challenging because his ideas are very like, I don't understand how that would work. I don't get it. But when he puts them to use, he's like, just hold on, I'll show you, I'll show you. And then you start to see what he's talking about. You're like, okay, hold on. I'm going to start loosely letting go of all that old, you know, adage of that's how it's done, you know, and start opening your mind to new ideas and you start to see how it grows. And it was going in a great way until, you know, COVID hit and we're, we're almost done with our album, but you know, you're right. You're absolutely right. You have to look at it from a different lens. You can't like have a fixed idea of how it's supposed to be right. because of what your experiences were. You and can I, use them. They're important, but you have to be open to new ways of growing your music. See, and it's easy for you because you were never an asshole control freak, but there's a lot of people that are going to end up watching this podcast over the next several months right. that are going to hear this. And they're going to go, yeah, but, and I'm saying, no, yeah, but, you need yep, to fuck it. You need to problem. understand, like, you got to, you got to just straight up stop with the defeatist shit because yep. I can't believe I have to give Kid Rock credit of all people. Yeah. But somebody asked him, so why do you do music? And he goes, for money, fame, and bitches. Uh-huh. And they go, isn't that a little shallow? Like, shouldn't you say, like, I do it for the music? He and he's like, that, yeah. he's like, no, 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 no. Whoever says that is a liar. I remember here's that on why. MTV. Here's why. <laughs> Because if you were only doing it for the music, you would stay in your fucking basement with your buddy. The only reason you you step out on stage to share that music with other people is because you either want glory, you want to get laid, or you want to get paid. Yep. It's one of those three. So <clears throat> that is the fucking truth. It is. Because it is. if you're not doing it for money, then why do you play mm-hmm. live? And they go, well, because I love it. Well, why do you love it? Well, yeah. Well, right. because there's a special connection between me and... And sharing my music with somebody that likes it almost, if, if not as much, maybe even more than I do. Yep. That's an unreplicatable feeling, right? Yep. Okay. That's glory. Mm-hmm. That's what we're trying to get at here. Exactly. So like, that's why you're doing right. it. You, that's, that's essentially fame, right? Yep. You're doing it because you want fans. You want people to know and give you that validation that you're a great musician and yep. they love your music. Yep. We're just like comedians. We yep. need that validation. That's yep. why we go out and do this. Right. Well, yeah. And it's, it's something we love to do. That's our innate thing about us. That's what makes us special. What makes, makes us feel good as a musician, but ultimately to do it for a living, you have to think in those terms. Like you said, you know, like otherwise just hang out in the basement and jam or hang out in the rehearsal space and jam and write. And if that's what makes you happy, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But ultimately, you know, you want, (coughs) ultimately that's what we all want to do. The drummer from the Goodyear Pimps (coughs) told me one time. Oh yeah. God, the Goodyear Pimps. Yeah. I was a young buck hanging out with them backstage and uh i think i think the drummer's name is dave that sounds right dave or dan i think it was dave okay. might have been dan yeah uh, i it was so funny i asked him a question he must have not heard me correctly because he answered a different question <laughs> that i didn't ask oh god but his answers was still profound yeah <laughs> and uh he said i'd rather swing a drumstick than swing a hammer yeah 
So, okay, again, he's resolved to this idea. Mm-hmm. We've we've already kind of come to the conclusion that no matter how we want to try to spin it or bullshit, if you're out there beyond your basement, you're doing it to either make money, get famous, or, or have yep. fans, whatever. However product. you want to define that one, fine. Um, or, or get laid, whatever, right? Um, but if that guy's out there with that attitude, and we've already admitted that the rest of us are out here doing it this way, why have so many of us conceded to the fact that well i don't do it for the money it's like is this something pre-programmed into us like okay you're a big sports fan yes so tell me aaron uh you had a big game today what was in in, you know the team looked great why did you guys win today Why, why did you have such a great game today because we love playing you know, or, or, well, you know, it was a team effort. We played hard, you know, yes, we, right, we right. Blah, 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 yeah, you made know. all the plays. Yeah. yeah. Insert pre-scripted answer here. Yeah. This is the musician version of that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yep. Like, oh, I don't do it for the or, money. It's why not? Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or at least be okay with that idea. Like, right. I think. Are you Mo- anti-money? No, I, I think most we all like. We, yeah, right. Fuck money. Who needs these fun coupons? Burn that shit. Where's the Where's the fire pit? But no, I I think ultimately our passion and love for it is what drives us to do it because we love it so much. But the when it comes to running a business, that's a whole other mechanism that musicians aren't really savvy with. Most of them aren't. Some of them are. Some right. of them are very savvy, and, and that's why we need managers. Self- right. Yeah. Or yep. if you're savvy enough to do it all yourself, hey, good luck to you, you know. And but even then, you should only be so involved in your own business. Right, yeah. Because once yep. you get big enough, the business gets so big that if you're trying to run it truly, you're not writing any music. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you can't wear all the hats. Then you you're really Fred can't. Durst. Then yeah. you're Fred Durst putting out shitty music, yep. running a record label at the same time. Like, right. you can't do that. I'm sorry. It's yeah. too many. too many hats. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. So yeah, you even even that even then, like you got to get a manager eventually. The problem is there are no good managers because even good managers that understand these concepts that yep. are supposed to be the business guys, they don't really get it. Yep. They think, oh, I'm going to be your manager, and then they just stand there yep. and collect ten percent off whatever opportunities right. come your way because they see a they they see managers in movies, yep. and and that cracks me the fuck up because <laughs> you want to talk about roles represented in hollywood yeah i gotta tell you man musicians <laughs> you guys nail that life yeah you, you the, all the movies are accurate yep all the movies about what it's like to be a rock star oh, whether dude. you're a small up-and-coming guy yeah or you're a big time guy because we've partied with a lot of those dudes uh oh yeah you guys nailed it <laughs> the you dirt, really did yes but that whole manager thing that ain't what a manager does in the music industry, at least right. not at the, the, the low to medium levels. Yep. Like, yeah, no, man, like those motherfuckers are out there hustling. Yep. They're out there working as hard, if not harder than the band members on the intellectual side of things. Right. Yep. And a better manager will take more and more off of the band members. So all they have to do is write. The problem is, right. is when they do that, the band members start almost like working in the dark and you got to really trust that guy to make yeah. the right decisions, yep. make ethical decisions, yep. put you in your best interests yep. first yep. instead of his or the labels or yep. the, the the money, yep. you know? Fuck. Yep. Yeah. It's, there's so many mechanisms that go into making a you band successful. You ever had a good manager? Uh, I never have. No. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. Um, my band, Plague of Stars. I mean, um, Joe was a good manager, but- Joe Spanbauer. 
Oh, but he only he w- managed my first band. Oh, I didn't know he did that. Okay, interesting. He, and that's the thing is See, he also something new. and he also doesn't do it anymore. Okay, yeah. so that's why I was like I've never had a good manager because I forgot he managed. Interesting. Okay, he managed my first band, which was like around for like eleven months. Well, or was some it, shit like that? Seven. Well, Seven 11 months, months of, of nothing? Seven months of nothing was around <laughs> for like 11 months. Yeah, okay. You should have just ended at seven months and just been like... <laughs> That's what we should have done. <laughs> I if, forgot if I would have that, known yeah. it was going to break up four months later, mm-hmm. I would have absolutely shut that shit So down. it was seven months, then solace. Yeah. With you, okay. Yeah. All right, and yep. then you were... It was... Uh, um, and hope to die. Yep. That's actually into... when I first met you was at a solace show that we shared this... Uh, Star Central we shared a bill with. Yes. That's when I first met you. And that happened because I ran into Will yep. at one of our shows at Star Central. Yep. And he was just like, hey, dude, we should do a show together. And yep. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, 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 and then yeah. just like blew him off because I was like into it, but I was busy. So yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. fuck yeah, anytime, man. And I think he was loading up gear and I was like, yeah. all right, brother, and just left. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we we played a bill. Yeah, uh, that's the first time we met. So you went from "In Hope to Die" to "Pink Gorilla." Yep. Well, I, I was in "We Are Legion." Like I, I started it, and then I dropped off, and then Chris came in, and yeah. So then I started "Pink Gorilla," and dude, I, I do not. I try my hardest to to manage a band because I was kind of that person in the band, and I'm just not that good. And Will is one of those people that is very good at it. He's very good. yeah. That and makes if, sense. He's he's the type of person that wears a lot of hats. Well, and he runs yeah. a he ran a fucking like real business. Yeah, like a major he still does. business. And you should. So, I'll take you over to our new rehearsal space. Yeah, one of these days, dude. It's phenomenal. The kid is just like I, I never doubted him at all. But this is like beyond what I expected for. Yeah. What, what he's got going on. Like, it's going to be a very profitable business for him on all fronts. That's you know, rehearsal awesome. spaces, his new studio. And that's the thing. We need more wills. Yeah. In this yeah. town, you know, getting back to what we were talking about, like, why have, why have all these fucking musicians resolved? They're like, well, I don't do it for the money. I think it's because we don't have enough good managers. We don't have yep, true. a foundation true. of, like, equitable business-minded yep. people. That's true. Um, you've basically got venues bookers of venues and then bands yep and there's managers out there i still haven't met one locally that i would locally hire (laughs) um but if we can get more guys like will yep in the industry here locally we can bring the scene back yep you know it's it's we're gonna need it it's bad we're gonna need it it's bad right now and it's been bad for a while but there was a time man not too long ago when this fucking scene was thriving. Yep. Dude, oh, yeah. Where it wasn't a big deal to go see your friend's band headline First Avenue to yep. 1,500 people. Like, yep. wasn't even that big. It w- I mean, it was a big deal, but it wasn't like, when's the last time any of us did that? Yeah, no shit. That, and it's not like, like, it's not like we got shitty at making music. Yeah. <laughs> it just, no, I mean? yeah. Like, I mean, the music was great. The, the scene is still chock full of talent beyond like minnesota is just in all the bands that were doing it and selling out first half back then yeah they're better musicians and they're yeah. making better music now yeah but there's no local way to connect with people yep there's, there's no yeah. way to like because we don't have that same scene that we used we, we don't. don't even it's, have good it's, venues to play at like, other than first avenue name a good that venue. is just what i was gonna say like 10 years ago like we had our pick of the litter in both St. Paul and Minneapolis primarily, and then we had some out in the suburbs, that kind of thing. We there dime a dozen. And now we've dwindled down to the whiskey junction. 
Like, literally, that's it. We had Lee's going for a while, which really picked up a good number of great acts, national and otherwise. Like, it was... Lee's was great. We need a guy... Like, we need more Wills. We need a guy like yep. Patrick Olson to come back. Mm-hmm. Because um, when he left and went to Cali... Which... Who was he? Was he the rock he, guy, or...? Yeah, he ran 93X. Oh. Oh, yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, Patch. Okay. <clears throat> he did the whole loud and local thing. Yep, yep. So he gave local bands legit airtime. Yep. Um, in fact, if he liked your band, he'd throw your shit in in the middle of the day, <laughs> right before or after a Metallica song. He didn't give a fuck. Nice, nice. We lost all of that, and yeah. it seemed like it happened in one fell swoop. Yep. Somewhere around oh eight, yeah, oh nine, when that stock market collapse yep. happens, happened. It, dude, it was crazy, and and I know we can get there again because I'm just sick and tired of fucking seeing so many talented musicians leave and go to L.A. because they have to to make it, and now everyone's leaving L.A. Yeah. So that's the thing is there is no more L.A. There is no more leaving to go right. find more uh, opportunity somewhere else. Yep. Right? New York's a dead zone. Fucking yep. L.A. is a fucking graveyard. So let's just do it here. Yeah, right. We yes. got good here. Right? Yeah, we like, got great. We got fucking great. We're at the bottom of, you know, the well it, right you know, now. It's gotta and... it's gotta come down to this. It's gotta come down to us in like Memphis. Yeah, right. Those yep. are that's the only other town. And maybe your smaller like you know, like the hate five six scene out in like the East Coast, you know, Pennsylvania, you know, Virginia, that area is blowing up. It well it was until COVID, you know. But, but I mean, are we talking like sixty years of equitable uh, all-star musicians like Minneapolis and Memphis. I, from what I've see seen what on his like, channel, I mean, I mean, go back to Bob Dylan. Okay, yeah, no, nah, I mean, like, that's... dude, you understand what I'm saying? How many yeah, prolific, yeah. prolific musicians yeah. come out of here? Yeah, that is guys that like you and I hung out with. Yep, went went to Cali and are now playing with national record artists yep. that we hear on the radio. Yep, guys that you and I are friends with still to this day. Right. Yeah. That. Go go to Cali now. It's yeah. probably not going to happen. No. Most of those people are bailing out. The comedians are dipping out. The scene's dipping out. Yep. There's so many different factors that are going into just the way right now the police state of things, you know, you can't express yourself in a certain way without it being, you know, torn apart and like get getting put on a cancel, you know, culture type thing. And uh, there's just so much shit that's going on that is very difficult for an artist to thrive because like even comedians like Bill Burr, you know, like he did his stand up for SNL, you know, he did his little monologue and he's brilliant and rushed it. it. Yeah. And he's getting torn apart for the content. And it's like, this is comedy guys. Come on. How do you not? Not only is it comedy, but he was right. And especially the part, the part I think he got ripped apart the most for was the, the, the gay pride month joke. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then people are like, oh, he's white and he's trying to make jokes about racism. It's like, you ignorant fucks, his wife is black. Right. Like, he, they have a daughter together. Yeah. They, have a, they have a mixed kid together. Right. Like, this is not him virtue signaling or yeah. being an ignorant, racist, privileged white male. Right. This is one of the greatest comics currently alive right now. Yeah. 
digging into an issue that's irritating the fuck out of him because mm-hmm. he's a white dude mm-hmm. married to a black woman. He mm-hmm. has seen the shit happen in front of yep. his face and he's sick and tired of the Karens, the white bitches. I just talked about this on the podcast too before okay. I seen that. Okay. It was fucking hilarious because I just mentioned it. Like it's always a white bitch who's getting offended. Mm-hmm. Who? Oh, you make a joke that's fucking racist towards Asians. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's a white bitch that gets offended, not the Asian person. Right, 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 you know right, right, I mean? right, right. Yeah, you make a gay you can... joke. It's a white bitch yeah. who's straight. Yeah, not a gay guy. The gay guy's laughing his ass off. Right. Yeah. It, dude, it's he's not alone on that. Yeah, and that's why he did the joke because he's there's a lot of us that feel that way. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's... Including the people who are allegedly being targeted. Right. So uh-huh. like. The gay people, they're like, we are sick and tired of fucking straight people deciding right. that they're offended yeah. for us. Right, yeah. It's you like know? this police state of like, oh, we're going to be offended for you and we're going to like. It's just virtue signaling bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Yes. That's Dude, I got a ton of black friends. I live in a black neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like, and I had black friends before I moved in. And I mean like a lot. Yeah. Like not just like the token Same. fucking yeah. white guy line where it's like, I got I got a black friend. Yeah, right, right. So right I like yeah. have a lot of black friends. Yeah. Most of them. When something's hitting and they're like, hey, Jared, did you hear about this shit? And I'm like, yeah, man. They're like, what do you think about it? And I'm like, it seems pretty racist. And they're like, it's not. Let me tell you why. Oh, and I'm shit. like, oh, okay. shit. Really? That's how I respond to <laughs> it. I'm like, oh, shit. Really? Yeah. But then again, there's a bunch of other people that are like, no, it is racist. And just because that one person says it isn't, doesn't. And I'm like, okay, but you're also just one person saying it is right, racist. Yes. Like, well, what the fuck, man? Yeah, yeah. Like when the when the person, when the target audience isn't offended, mm-hmm. it's really hard for me to listen to white women. Right. Or white people in general really yeah, well, yeah. tell me why it still is. Right. I'm like, I don't know, man. And that's Bill's point, and that's why I love him for it. Because right. he's fucking right. Yes. He's fucking right. Dude, dude. I know. It's yeah, and it's such yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that's where you're going with that. Yeah, but. you're you're exactly right. So it's just difficult for our yeah, he's <laughs> It's yeah. I don't know how you can't find it funny. I mean, seriously, it's just it's a joke. We can't take ourselves too seriously. Otherwise, we're just going to end up in this, right. you know, stale, stagnant environment. And as artists, you can't have that. You know, yeah. we're all most of us are fucking aware enough to know, like, okay, I'm crossing a line or I'm making this derogatory. You know, there's a difference. Like, I can slightly play on a a touchy subject and find humor in it or you know whatever not and the point is is to not take things too seriously no i'm good dude i got my i got my monster yep i'm a suburb guy (laughs) you're not supposed to say that or i wasn't expecting you to say that right yes isn't that like the essence of it isn't that the point so it's like it's like being mad that metal's loud right right like are you fucking kidding me it's metal that's literally the point how ironic you know what i mean (laughs) but speaking of metal by the way people are gonna eat me alive if i don't dig into your brain a little bit more (laughs) uh, about music and about that stuff yeah um so we were talking earlier, let, let, let's just break down a little history so I can make sure I understand it properly. So we were talking about this earlier. So you got out of, so it was, it was in hope to die. Into, well, I, in, I go way back before that too. Um, I started playing like yeah, in serious, yeah. my first serious band was, I was 16 years old. It's called the black umbrella call. Well, how'd you get into we, music? 
Okay, so let's go back even further. So my father, how were is... you conceived? <laughs> <laughs> well, back even farther, even farther <laughs> by my father and my mother. First time, I Your guess. Father. I found that out the other week. I was like, oh, thanks, mom. The first time you had intercourse was me. That was how she knew. <laughs> but Hilarious. yeah, yeah. Sorry, mom. Love you. Um, Didn't mean to. But uh, yeah. So seriously, though, how did? Okay, so what inspired you to even get into music? First of all, not even necessarily drums, uh, but let's just start with these basics. Real yeah. Quickly. So my dad has—he's a musician. He's, he's you know a been a musician family. since you know before I was born. He was in a band called Ritz, and they'd been playing around the Winona area, and they wanted to actually take it to the next step. So he was a guitarist in that band, did vocals, and then they got my mom and dad got pregnant with me, and. They wanted to go out and play four or five nights a week, you know, touring around and do that kind of thing. And back then it was very profitable with right. the way they were operating that kind of thing. You know, less restrictions, blah, blah, blah. Smoking bars. Like, it was just a different time. The well, musicians got paid. That was the Yes. Thing. And they made sure of it. So, and I don't, like, just different business model. But, and again, they were doing covers too. So, that's a whole different business model as well. But, yeah, just, I grew up watching my dad play and, you know, rehearsals like he starts he started the bands it was all cover bands and stuff but you know i grew up watching him they'd have rehearsals at our house full band and i just sit on the steps watching them and put up the mic to me when i was sitting there to sing lyrics like so i was just enthralled by my dad like he's my biggest influence musically like he, awesome he just and he still does it to this so day you probably started playing drums super young then yep I, so you didn't really even think about another instrument no it was just it came natural like i mean i i know how to play guitar and stuff and like i can i can do music on other instruments you know what i mean i'm not like a guitarist right by any means or whatever but i We've understand about that it. before too there's a difference between a drummer and a guy who plays drums right well yeah and there are some multi instrumentalists that are just like fuck you like seriously <laughs> you shred arpeggios like it's nothing and you can play blast beats like like cool <laughs> good john, for you john was giving me shit about that on the podcast yeah. he, he's like fuck you man he's like you're you're the guy that pisses me off yeah dude and <laughs> you're so you're funny. absolutely one of the like <laughs> great multi-instrumentalists that thanks man you can do it all and that's like that's great you know and you I'm, write I'm, good songs i'm one point above hack <laughs> On whatever the scale Jack is. Jack of all trades. Like like one to ten, ten being master. Wherever hack is, I'm one unit above that. So, Solid six, baby. Sure. Okay. <laughs> yep. There we go. But that's I'm a, a six good on area all the instruments. That's, hey, that means you're good enough to do them well and proficient. That's all that matters usually. I can so. play live in front of large groups of people. Yes. And people think it's good. Yes. At, absolutely. And I no cannot one, wait for this project to come out no one has ever told me i was trash no see i've never been booed off stage which kind of pisses me off well yes i want to get booed off stage. so many big bands i want to play love i want to play in like a blues brother style bar (laughs) where people hate us so much they throw shit at us yes there's something about that because i'm not getting off yeah i'm staying on like at that point i'm staying on for spite (laughs) And I'm just hoping the rest of the band's got the balls to do so as well. Oh, I, yeah, I can't dude. be the only one up there. I know, dude. And there, there's something to say about that, honestly. Like having to deal with adversity like that. Like my band, Figure of Merit, um, we came out at a time we were doing like kind of what's popular now with like the Doomcore type of shit, noisy, like Converge style shit. We were doing that, you know, from 99 till about 2004 when we oh, kind of really? broke up. Yeah. We were doing it up in the cities here and people, we'd 
start with a room full of people and by the time we we're done with our set there'd be like two people standing there like what the fuck is this you know what i mean like yeah, what the fuck exactly. and that's adversity like you got to really not lose your cool or you got to put on that fucking show no matter how many people are standing there so but now if we were to go up and play a show people would just eat it up right. but we were doing that shit when it was not fucking yeah. cool at all like <laughs> you guys don't rap and like have seven strings and like jinkos and shit what the fuck dude like what kind of noise is this you know like fuck that was but, the worst time for music was oh, that exact era okay so anyways yeah. okay so you're so you're into drums very early age you're yep. in music very early age yep so fast forward what was the motivation to get into a band was it to impress a chick <sighs> you seem like the kind of guy i get the vibe like you always oh, wanted to do it but the reason you finally did it was like there was a girl at school that you really wanted to impress i wish that were the case but honestly no i, I was terrible with ladies and i still kind of am but you know that was always a cool thing if a chick was impressed fuck yeah that's right. great you know that's hot you know but Dude, you're into it, sports where you did you play sports absolutely yep in fact that took over a lot of my like you know middle school near high school is when like ninth grade is when i formed my first like actual band and when i started to get really like you know what i love baseball a lot and i was gonna pursue it more but i'm like you look man, like a baseball player yeah it's <laughs> you look like jake cave actually a little bit from the twins oh hey all right yeah i <laughs> I don't Anybody know. watching this right now, one of you motherfuckers is good at making memes. Take his face, put it next to Jake Cave from the Minnesota Twins, and send <laughs> it to us online. <laughs> I want to see it. It's a three-pitch strikeout. That would be it. Hi. <laughs> no, but uh, so, yeah, I started, you know, getting into music more seriously, like had my drums and like talking to musicians. Let's form a band. My first cover band was like 1995, you know, and I was like, fuck, this is it game over you know like this is what i want to do so i'm going to pursue it as hard as i can and then in 96 i formed my first original band where we were writing you know i would say it's more of like an industrial style like you know nine snails marilyn manson like we were a band from rolling stone minnesota town of 400 like we had all these fucking rolling xpas samplers blah 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 after your town (laughs) (laughs) right stockton Rolling Stone. No, we were called Black Umbrella Cult. And That's actually a cool name. Yeah. it's And, dude, I, we were dead serious about it, man. We spent thousands of dollars on gear. Is it always know. been heavy? Have you always, always. done heavy music? Well, you- no, no, no. I take that back. No. My other band simultaneously at the time when I was in high school was called Acoustic Blues, and I played congas and shit. And we all, it was pretty much de- derived from the style of music we played, acoustic blues shit. <laughs> And that was fun. We actually played a lot of gigs in high school and it was actually a lot of fun, but you know, it was just covers, you know, and it was fun for what it was for. We got paid and shit. It was cool being in 11th grade, 12th grade, playing gigs on the weekends and getting money. That was fucking cool. But it was a bunch of friends just doing it for fun. You know, it wasn't going anywhere. We didn't write original music and blah, blah, blah. I take that back. We wrote like two original songs, but still like my black umbrella cult was like, yes, original songs right. we'd spent hours and time you know tons of money doing it and blah and you blah, moved blah. down here from yeah and that was the goal for us and this was before i graduated like yeah we're gonna get we're moving up to the cities and we're gonna do it big blah 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 you know and that re- didn't pan out obviously and then right around the time that black umbrella cult was kind of breaking up i started figure merit with some high school friends that i knew before too and we actually got serious about 
writing and we were going to record. So we came up to the cities to record our first EP in 99. I was like 18 at the time. And from there, we got hooked up with Blue Arm Records at the time. Out of the cities here, I don't know if you know Brett Johnson or any of those guys. The, the names ring a bell. Yeah, it's it's all like indie, the indie rock stuff. So like Red Over Luna, Remover, The Dames, yeah, that type. Of, and then there, there was this like metal hardcore band. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> Brett saw on us, but we got signed and we put out like three albums, you know, from 99 to 2004, you Sick. know, and uh, that kind of got me up in the cities because we played the Quest for Mams. I don't know if you remember those. Yeah, I remember them, but uh, that was right before I was. That all ended before I would have been able to play them. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. by the time I got my shit together as a young man, <laughs> yeah, those were done. <laughs> you, oh man, that those wasn't were... the thing anymore. Miss that boat. Yeah, that was that was quite a fucking great time. That was when the scene up here was like. That goes, that goes back to what we were saying earlier is like, we need more wills. We need a guy like a Patrick Olson yep. or a guy like him to come back. Greg Chilton, um, you know, I mean, Greg, Greg's done a lot for the scene, mm -hmm. but he'll probably be the first to admit that he's not, he can't do it alone. We need more guys like, yeah, him. yeah. Like he, the other yeah. thing we need is venues. We mm -hmm. need more legit venues specifically, not necessarily the size, yep. but like, yeah, First Avenue, yep. where they have a small room where good bands can sell out small crowds yep. Yep. and young bands can kind of like be groomed. Yep. And then when you can draw, then you get access into that big room. Yep. 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 Um, but we just we we lack the leadership. We lack the foundation and yep. we lack the venues to actually do any of this shit. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, we could go down the list because you just mentioned Quest for Mayhem. That place is the quest is gone. Yep. Urban Wildlife, gone. gone. Uh, Station 4, which was Ryan's, gone. Um, Star Central, gone. Um, the Rock. The Rock, gone. What at Roberts? And don't bring up the doghouse because the doghouse <laughs> ain't the same thing. Oh. That sound system is not legit. Yeah. Like, it's a decent venue. If you have great equipment, you can still go in there and sound great. Mm -hmm. But. Like Skywine pulls it off. I'm shocked they're ever willing to play there, though, because like I look at that PA knowing what it used to sound like, and I'm yeah. like, this doesn't sound good, man. Yep. When they go up, it sounds great, but, right? But like a lot of the bands that open for them don't sound very good, and it's not their fault. It's yeah. just it's just not a good PA, and they don't have the gear to overcome it. Yep. Um, or the expertise to actually run it, you know? Yeah, they don't have the same level quality of sound guys that they used to have. Um, it's just not none of it's the same, man. It's not, dude. We got You're one, right. one legit venue left, and that's First Ave, well, two if you want to consider 7th Street. Street yeah. Oh, and yeah. then yes. we also back in the day had the garage, so we had a yep. huge young youth yep. movement where we had this free venue, so kids could go see these shows for free. Mm -hmm. And... Um, same thing. They had a side room for the like yep. really shitty bands that needed to like pay their dues yep. and like work their way. Played up. both of those. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, I played that side room once. Yeah. Once. Yeah. With my very first band, and the dude who booked us immediately came up and he was like, "You're not playing this again. <laughs> we're gonna book you on the main stage." And it was funny because we were like, "Okay, cool, yeah," but we already knew. Yeah. Like we already knew because we got the show through Joe. We didn't book the show through the garage like everybody else's. We right. were one of Joe. We had a manager. We yeah. had a manager and a booking agent. Like, dude, we 
it was so funny. Like we were just like, oh, cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for having us. But in the back of our heads, we were like, yeah, dude, we literally already knew this before we walked right, in here. Right. Like we, we shouldn't even be on this stage. Yep. But those are the rules. Yep. Like you got to play this shit room once. Yep. And then you get access to the main stage if you're good enough. Yep. You can't just go straight to the main stage. It just doesn't work like that. Right. Right. I'm like, all right, cool. Those are the rules. Boom. Let's do it. Yep. So it yeah. was just like, I already knew, like I knew we were a good band because Joe signed us. Yep. Like we weren't, we was it Joe, seven months or yeah, okay. Yeah, Joe right. didn't sign bad bands. Yeah. Like it just didn't happen. So did he have a label or was it just no, management? It was just like, his management label. Okay. It was just his management and booking. What label. other bands? Like I'm, Oh dude, he had a bunch of them. He booked Bane hinged, uh, Ginger Jake, I think was one of his bands. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ginger Jake might've been trying to do their own thing though. Um, I, I can't. Man. I can't recall the whole roster. B was on that roster. I was on oh, the same yeah. roster with B. Yeah. It was. It was B uh, minus three. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we and then Bill Berry had his thing over at the Rock. Yeah. Bill with Barry, those yeah. bands, and then Shannon Brettel had her thing. Um. Her her label. I forget what it was called. I gotta get her on the podcast, man. She'd be fucking awesome. Um. But that's where like Stasia and Black Flood were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys were all over on that group. Yep. Um, and there was a little bit of rivalry. There was some competition. There was some bad blood between the groups. Um, yeah. But we were also all friends at the same time. So right. like we played a lot of shows together. They they cooperated as booking agents to help build the scene up. Oh, so again, okay. this is what I'm talking about. Is like I learned from these three. Um, Shannon indirectly. Okay. But Bill and Joe directly. Was Shannon more like first Ave? Yeah. Like she kind of had that market? She was the first Ave master. Okay. Right, she right. had all the venues. <clears throat> she could do whatever she wanted oh, in this okay. town. Right. She was the man or the woman, whatever <laughs> you want to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. She yeah. was the shit. She could do whatever the fuck she wanted. Um, Bill and Joe could also do first Avenue. Okay. The point is, I think the answer or the, the way I should answer the question I think you're trying to ask is, Almost all her bands regularly played First Avenue because they were the bigger of the bands. Right, 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 right. And that's because as Joe, I remember Joe and Bill, and they may they may argue with this to this day, but I just I remember, <laughs> I remember a I couple remember. times them like saying shit kind of offhand about like they Joe and Bill are the ones that found the bands and groomed the bands, and then once they were really fucking good. She would come pluck them, oh. and then kind of steal them and bring them over to her thing. And right. her whole thing was first half. Yeah, and so yeah, I mean, I yeah. don't know, I don't know, I don't know how true that is because, like, again, I was young, <laughs> but I learned from those guys how to look at the scene as a whole, mm-hmm. as a business, like as a league almost, mm-hmm. right? So, like, yeah, we're kind of competing. Because there's only so many stages, there's only only so many slots. Right. Yeah. And there's got to be some healthy and competition. Some rooms yeah. are more coveted than others, but at the same time, the better all the bands do, mm-hmm. the better all the bands do. Mm-hmm. The rising tide raises all ships philosophy. Yep. And so, yeah, they would book shows together. So even though I have my roster of bands and you have your roster of bands. It'd be like, okay, I'm going to book this show. Give me one of your bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then next time you book a show, I'll give you one of my bands. So it's like a coalition. Very much that, so. That's brilliant. Very much I so. mean, that's a brilliant business model. And for a long time, they had really bad blood between those three oh. um, before I came into the scene as a young pup. Um, but by the time I came into the scene, they had squashed a lot of that and started working together. Um, 
and dude it was really it was really incredible to see and like regularly go out on a fucking friday or a saturday night sometimes even a thursday yeah. or oh, a yeah. sunday yeah yeah and then remember we had the triple rock and oh, then there was God. a period where you oh. had after the burial in the yeah. whole entire oh, Midwest hardcore crew that was... selling that place out on a Sunday yeah. afternoon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's... Jesus Christ, yep. man. It was amazing. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So we've lost our venues. We've yep. lost our leaders. And we've lost a lot of those bands. Uh-huh. So We're at rock bottom. A lot of the bands are starting to reform. Like, I've got a thing going. Um, you guys are still technically doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of good acts out there. Yep. Um, we just gotta, we gotta, we gotta start banding together Yep, and we don't need to do monthly meetings like they used to have to do. Cause we have the fucking internet, man. Right. We can right, just right. create a secret little group on Facebook yeah. and invite the right people. That's and it's not, brilliant. you're not there to promote your show. We're there to fucking work together out how to build the scene. Yes. Rebuild it. Like, Hey, I'm doing this podcast. Like, okay. How can I contribute? Yes. Yeah. Let's have some guys on. Yep. Let's fucking um have you guys play your music you know it'll be like a a staple thing yep and then maybe this guy over here's got a video production studio okay like okay can we start shooting music videos and start like putting together you know like basically epks you know for bands promo kits like oh this person over here who's a bass player in this group he's a fucking graphic designer all right can we figure out a way to have this dude start building everyone legit websites and facebook pages and like like that's the only way we're going to do it. Right, yeah. There's we, no one going to sh- like show up and do it for us. Yep. And we let gotta, alone the younger kids that are coming up 1920. Yep. Like dude, I mean think about it. The only way they know how to make it in this industry now is they think they write a hit song, put it on Bandcamp or YouTube, they blow up sometimes it works. Yeah. But then they get out on stage, they play one concert and people see that they're fucking trash. <laughs> right? Yeah. And they're like, okay, fuck this guy. Yeah. Because they want real music. Well, yeah. this kid didn't pay his dues. Yeah. He's 19 years old playing his first show in front of 5,500 people. Yeah. In a theater. And yeah. he's never fucking plugged into an amp. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. There's Go years. Go play the second stage at the There's garage. years of dues you're supposed to pay and lessons you're supposed to learn that can't be fast-tracked. Right, yeah. Before you get to 5,500 fans. Yep, yep. Yep. And so when you're a pro and something goes wrong, it's still a great show for the fans. Right. Yep. Yeah. There's yeah. There's so many different facets, and you know those are outliers. But like, I, I agree with your you know your assessment of what what is it going to take to really rebuild our scene because we're at a loss on so many levels. You know what I mean? We're going to have to band together. You know, on on every level, and there's so many different microcosms of scenes that I didn't realize until. Actually, last year, last two years, I really started to go out a lot more. After I got divorced, I started just, you know what? I'm going to go to as many fucking shows as possible because now I can <laughs> without having to get the okay. And I did, and I started to realize, like, holy shit, my idea of the scene is like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so much more expansive, all these bands that I had no idea existed. Like, whoa, like, we really got to all plug in together. Like you're saying, yeah. do it a coalition Dude, style. for real. For real, because the fucking hip-hop community is thriving. Yeah, yeah, Like, dude, I remember last year, I remember what fucking weekend it was, but all of a sudden I go down to fucking Ba House to just go have a beer with a buddy, and I show up, and there's what seems like a festival, yeah. like a music fucking festival. They've got this huge stage set up outside that they've never had before with a band shell, one of the nicest fucking sound systems I've ever heard in my life. I don't know if it was fans or neighbors or part of the production crew. They had drones flying around filming oh, shit. Damn. Like 
it was fucking insane. Yeah. There had to be five thousand people in that Jeez. fucking in that area, dude. It was it was packed. It was that whole industrial yeah, area. That, part down, that perfect whole for fucking it. thing was packed, yep. dude. Shoulder to shoulder. I swear to God, it had to be like a music festival or something. Or when was this? Art of World or some shit. A couple of years ago. Okay. And um, yeah, it might have been Art of World because that's right in that area. And I show up to Ba House. Excuse me, guys. I'm burping for the listeners. Um, and I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody. Uh, it was Steph and a couple other people from the Doomtree crew. Oh man, okay. They had a different act, and it was Shredders. It, yes, that's Shredders. exactly who it was. Yep. It was fucking Shredders. Yeah, dude. it's it's him and uh, um, two other dudes Sims. or three other dudes. Him, Sims, and Laserbeak, I think. And uh, who's the other DJ? Yeah, and one dude was straight playing a drum machine. Yeah. Not like he pressed play on a drum machine. Uh-huh. He was like playing the drum machine, playing the actual beats. Yep. Other yep. dude was spinning records and shit to get the other fucking sonic frequencies in there and the, the music yep. and all that cool shit. But then, and then they had two rappers yep. running around. Dude, they were awesome. Yeah. It was one of the coolest things I've seen in a long time in the hip hop community. And I remember looking at my buddy and I was like, dude. Like, man, I didn't realize, like, this is the only way to play a big crowd. And he looked at me like, what? And because I didn't know you could even play big crowds in Minneapolis anymore, right? Yeah. When's the last time we seen anything like this? And he was like, what? And I was like, I guess you got to fucking be a part of a beer festival to play in front of a big crowd. That's and he's like, and he goes, no, dude, this is what hip hop shows are like uh-huh. here. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, what? And he goes, yeah, dude, like hip hop shows are huge. Dude. Like, they're all like this. The doom tree. And I'm like, get yeah. the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. I had no idea because I don't fucking I don't like most hip hop, so I don't go to most hip hop shows. It's, it's rare. You know what oddly I mean? like, enough, like the majority of like the bigger acts that I've seen in the last like four years have all been hip hop. Like Doomtree Zoo, I don't know if you like they cultivated this whole culture of like we're gonna take over. Um, uh, what's the field over in St. Paul uh, for the amateur baseball team? Uh, whatever that field is. You know what I'm talking about? You're talking about where the Saints play? The Saints play, yeah. I have no idea what that place is called. But anyways, yeah, they took that over and like packed this fucking joint, right? The entire field was packed, right? And they had been doing this for years. And like like your dude said, like this is how hip-hop works. Every hip-hop show that I've been to, and I've been to so many. Oddly They're enough, like I'm that? a metal dude. Yeah, oh yeah. Elbows That's to so assholes. Crazy. Yeah, so we got to figure out what they're doing and do that. Yeah, yeah. And it's, not only do that, but work with them. And they do. And dude, we should book shows with those motherfuckers because those are oh, the best shows. Yes. The best shows. And Because I heard Rogan talking about this. This is what I love about this shit, right? So everybody thinks that they understand how it works. Oh. But there's these little nuances about the music industry that people don't fucking understand. So, yeah. so Rogan's talking about this. And he's like, well, you'd never put like a blues band with like a metal band Shh. and then a hip hop band and a rock band. Everybody can be confused. We don't know what this show is. Yeah. It's like those actually are usually the best shows yep. because you get new fans. The The musicians love that shit. Because oh, dude. Yeah. Those, there's only one group there to see metal. The other people, we have opportunity to play in front of people that would normally never be exposed right. to our music, and, and it works. It yeah, always works. It, it does, because, and I'm sure you know just as well as I do, the local hip-hop scene here is extremely diverse, very intelligent, very artistic, not your typical, you know, 50 Cent or whatever, you know. it's This is like, they're innovators, you know what I mean? Right. Much like the metal scene here is too. Like we have a lot of innovative different genres of metal that create really amazing stuff. So 
the fans of hip hop understand that it's not just about like a dude rapping for two minutes, you know, a, a hit. Like they're going on and on for like four or five minutes rap songs, right? And using crazy sounds. And there's I can't remember what his name is, but like he, he his setup was a fucking Domino's pizza box, right? He had all of his like effects and shit in this Domino's pizza box, right? And that was his setup and it was just one dude and there was thousands of people watching this guy, right? Like who the fuck like people are there for the innovation. They love right. it. Minnesota loves that shit. Hell H- yeah. Hence we have such an amazing beer community. Right. Because of the innovation. Yep. It's not yep. we're not doing a bunch of Anheuser Busch breweries. Right. You know, like this is how it works. You know, Hell we yeah, have dude. that. But like, yeah, the hip hop community has some nuance that they've tapped into that make their shit very successful. Yeah. I don't know and what they it are is. Not trying to like follow what's popular. So if people are going, well, dude, hip hop's really popular. Yeah. Yeah, but dude, they're not like Minneapolis St. Paul hip hop does not follow what's popular on the radio. <sighs> like we have our own sounds. Yeah. There's like two or three different groups here and they're like groups, not like not like a hip hop group of like six dudes. I'm saying there's like there's literally labels and then there's like groups that have teamed together. So there's like 18 artists in here and yeah. together they have like 12 different projects yep. and it, 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 they have their, they have a sound yep. like atmosphere was probably rhyme sayers was probably one of the first ones oh, to yeah. do it. Um, but then you had the, the Northeast sound for a while with the unknown profits and some of those guys. Yep. Um, prof really, you know, brought out a different unique, way of his style of hip hop, yep. you know, which is very, you know, slightly Eminem, but the he's the dude who's rapping with Steph in the doom tree crew, right? N- no, he's his own thing. Prof is, the, he, prof is his who's own the thing. the other dude in shredders. I thought that was Sims. Prof. No, oh, it's Sims. Sims. Sims is part of doom tree. So doom tree is all the white rappers. Look POS. Right to me. Yeah. Right. I know. <laughs> Except for Cecil Otter. He's the weird, like hippie rapper, but like everybody in doom tree is like, they have their own, like, solo very successful solo projects too which yeah. is doomtree now has become more like a collective do you of, know them personally i've met sims and i really want to try to meet dessa but that hasn't happened yet the vocalist in my band chester he he grew up with those like near those guys and he's like best friends with her brother oh, <laughs> and really? i'm like dude Wow. what's it gonna take man I've like met, i met stuff i got to know stuff a little bit that um, would yeah he yeah I don't know. I don't like have his number or anything, but uh, he's he he's a cool motherfucker. Yeah, he is a cool motherfucker, dude. I love his. Oh man, his last album, Chill Dummy, is just. He's got one of the most epic hip hop songs ever written. It's like prog hip hop. Like it's a six minute long, sprawling. It just gets under your skin, dude. Like yeah. it's not your typical hip hop song. Like so what why, he does. Why are you so into hip hop? Being a metal dude, like I, I'm sure people are curious about this because you're uh, you're a metal fuck. Yeah, like you are fucking into the shit. Yeah, like it is. You're into the blasting. You're into the death. You're into the like the metal. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I'm a pussy compared <laughs> well, to the music you listen. My music I, is cookie cutter cheese compared to the shit you if, listen to. If it's, so, most people would never expect you to a guy like you to be into hip hop. What 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 the fuck do you like about it so much? I you know, to be honest with you, it's just it has to be it has to stand out in some like minute way, some like nuanced thing that makes it stand out. And this is with any genre, dude. I'm very sure. I'm an open book when it comes to music. Music is a language sure. that has people can speak it in different ways, you know. Right. But 
it's got to be original and stand out in some way or has something special to it. Like your song, you know, like you say it's cookie cutter, but like you can hear like the simple little melodies and the things that you add to it, you know, but especially by getting that lineup that you have. And you can like, I was like, fucking that's Jeremy. God, that's good to hear his voice. And like, it adds to what you do. Thank so you. it doesn't make it sound like, oh, here's just another, you know, kill, search, engage rip right. off. You know what I mean? Yep. Like it's those little things that you do to make it, unique and that's with hip-hop too is i've always liked it you know i'm huge public enemy fan doomtree all the rhyme sayers guys you know it's there's something captivating about what they do and then if they use the right style of music because i'm huge in electronic stuff i have my own solo really? project yeah i have my own solo project doing like, electronic what, like shit. some drum and bass shit no it's it, no i write melodies and like it's not just drum and bass shit it's like melodic shit and Doomtree is does that very well they use different they mix all these styles so what, are you, what are you doing what are you you're like doing like what fucking uh what's that shit called uh like dubstep or what what, what kind of electronic it's music? like it's like kind of nine inch nails wannabe as i like okay. everything like i'm always like when i'm so writing i'm like what is kind of i mean kind of but i use all different st- sounds and things that just that sounds cool you know but i'm always trying to write a song so to speak like trent does like the guy just he uses all these different sounds to like capture a vibe and he puts it to like a good song, you know, structure. (laughs) And that's not easy to do. For sure. Anybody can write a song, three chords, here's your bridge and verse, blah, blah, blah. But how do you make it special? What is underneath all that, that really captivates you and sucks you in? You know, it's not the simplicity of it, you know? So yeah, the stuff that I do is just, you know, it, one sounds like Godflesh. The next song sounds like Youth Code. The next song is really catchy, like Nine Inch Nails or something. You know, I just, it's all about the platform. Like, if you wanted to paint something, what colors are you going to use? What inspires you? You right. know, it, much like the shit that you do. Like, I've, you've sent me some of your stuff, and this was like years ago. It was probably and, this. N- I can almost guarantee you it was these demos before they sounded good. Possibly. I I, in fact, I guarantee you it was because I was trying to see if you had time to drum yeah, for Yeah, I remember project. we had that, it we was had that conversation. Demos. It was probably that exact song and, and one more. Maybe, yeah. I Yes, there was definitely some like, okay, that definitely has a metalcore vibe, but, but then you had other stuff that had a different, like almost rock and roll vibe to it, you know, or like a really mellow type vibe that didn't, you know, just have one specific pigeonhole thing. And sure. I'm like, God, Jared, like you're really... You're out there, man. Like you have a lot of good ideas, and you don't you you think outside the box of like here, like this is what it's gonna be. That's it. Like you have that ability to do that, and that's thanks, man. I gravitate towards that shit. You know, I appreciate that, dude. Coming from you, man, that means a lot, dude. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's interesting hearing you say that too, um, because that's you know that's something I I don't really think about when I'm writing music, right? it's so hard to explain like people ask me this all the time like how do you write a song and like how do i write a song you know and a lot of times it starts with an idea or i hear something in my head or whatever sure we could spend hours trying to even describe how that starts or where that comes from but once i have something to grab onto physically like i've written a riff most of the time most of the time if it's good and it sticks, I can't even really completely take credit for writing it because I just kind of follow the boat down the river, man. Right, right, right. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I write it, 
I write it. I hear something in my head. I try to get as close to it as I can. I I try to take whatever's up here, get it on the guitar. Yep. And it always changes in that process. Yep. Usually for the better. It should. Yeah. Um. Not always though. Sometimes it's just I can't play what's in my head. Right. It's impossible. (laughs) So let me just see what I can do here. This this, this sounds pretty cool. So let's keep that. Um. And you just kind of follow. And the song kind of tells me what it needs, even in the weird spots where I do something kind of progressive, whether I'm adding or dropping a beat. It's because I'm playing it and like as I'm writing it and working it and fleshing it out, something just doesn't feel right. It's like bland or it's like, but I can always tell them like there's something there. It's almost like, so I'm so gravitated and like I ask other musicians about this and I'm so fascinated with how comedians work because it's, it sounds like it's like the same process almost, you know, they talk about like, you know, there's something funny there mm-hmm. and you just, it's a seed and you just got to water it and right. grow it like a plant. And sometimes it never turns into nothing. Yep. It's true with music and that's, too, man. That's the thing about you is how I think similarly of me is like you're very interested in the process of things. You're not like just trying to get an end result. Like you want to understand the process because that is just as important, if not more important than, you know, I want a, a song and right. boom, 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 it's done. Like you want the process. Like here's like you want to water the seed and watch it grow and like what's it doing now at this stage? Like is it germinating? Blah, like that is that is true you know what i mean so like that's important and i think that's why i like so many different genres of music because it's like you can still see it might not be metal might be electronic but like you can still feel like an organic vibe going on and you can feel that process as their songwriting evolves you know like yeah it's that kind of thing i think you know and with metal bands it's like you can almost hear like okay they're going for a certain thing and that's what they're doing. Yeah. Great. Good and there's for a lot you. Of, yeah. And there's a lot of in hip hop doing that too, but not here. That's what we were kind yes. of where this, this little rabbit hole started from. Exactly. Like the, the Twin Cities hip hop sound is popular. Their concerts are packed and it's not because they're just hopping on some sort of trend. They're doing their own thing because yep. they are writing real music. Like, yep. Dude, I'm not trying to toot our own local horn here, but I would say that local Minneapolis St. Paul hip hop, some of the groups we just talked about, um, the teams, the labels, whatever you want to refer to them as, um, I think they're better than 90% of what's on the radio right now, bro. Agreed. 100% agreed. And I don't even fucking like hip hop, and I'm telling you it's good, and it's better than what's on the radio. Yep. So if, if you can impress me, as a hip hop artist, that means you're doing something good. Cause I'm an asshole <laughs> when it comes to music and genres. I don't like, yeah, I'm a fucking asshole. Like I don't like country music, right? I respect it. Yeah. I respect country musicians, Yeah, but there are very few country artists I will put on and be like, I like this. Right. Right. So when a country artist impresses me, it's like you've, it's like a Michael Jordan effect. You've transcended your yep. genre that's what Metallica did. Yep. That's what Van Halen did. Yep. That's what Michael Jackson did. That's what Tupac did. Yep. That's what Eminem did. They transcended the group they're supposed to be popular with. Right, right. Yep. And became liked and respected by other people outside of that. Michael Jordan transcended sports. Oh, God. Not yeah. just basketball. Yeah. So it wasn't just people that were into sports that knew and liked Mike. It was people that weren't even into sports right. that knew and liked Mike. Yep. That's like transcending to even the next level. That's that's like some real household name shit, yep. you know? Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, that transcendence like you're talking about, dude, that's like how do you how do you 
like harness that. Like it's something. I hope people that, understand. That's what I mean when I'm like, if you impress me, that's saying something. It's not like I have some like high level opinion, and I'm like the arbiter of good music. I'm saying like, no, you've transcended your genre and impressed somebody that doesn't even like your style of music. Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. I'm yep. hard to please. Yep. Yeah, musically. You, right, yeah, yep, exactly. So, Even with a metal band. I mean, we've talked so many times. This is why I don't like this metal band or that metal band. Because they fucking, dude, they're not original. Right, right, right. Like, yeah. I don't even like most metal. <laughs> How I, many times have you heard people make fun of me behind my back? Because they're like, dude, he fucking doesn't even like Slayer. And fucking he doesn't right. like this band. Fuck that guy. He's an asshole. Right, it's right. like, dude, yeah, you're right. Because fucking Slayer sucks. <laughs> Fuck Slayer. I won't go that far, but I don't like Slayer. <laughs> no, that's fine. I like Metallica. I can t- I totally understand why. I like why. Megadeth. Yeah. Um, they write the same album. Anthrax was all right. Uh-huh. You know, I liked Faith No More. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved Ozzy, Ozzy Osbourne, and fucking like his entire solo career was amazing. Um, hated all of the '80s hair metal until I didn't, and now I love almost yeah, all of it. There's yeah. just something great about it. Yeah. Um, but is what I realized is no matter what version of metal you bring up. I like a band or two Same, from yep. that genre, yep. and the rest of it is trash to me. Yeah, yeah. Hip hop, hard rock, metalcore. I mean, fuck metalcore. There's like two bands that I actually still like. Yep. And I don't even know how much I like them anymore. Right. Kill Switch and All That Remains. Yep. Shadows Fall was the band I was also supposed to love. Yeah, that just I just I'm just not remembering. Right, no, I'm same here. I was not, not into it, it either. Sorry. Like they're they're nope. all right. They're good musicians. I respect them. Yep. I'd love to have them on the podcast and chat with them. Yep. But even if they were sitting here across, the, I would be like, dude, I'm a fan of you, and I like your playing and your skill. Yeah, but like I'm never gonna sit here and tell you I'm a huge fan of your band if I'm not. Right. Yeah. Just because you create a genre, but. I'm not condescending people that do because I really appreciate true music fans. Like Paul, I was telling you, I was hanging out at his house a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, Him and his, uh, I think they're married, him and his wife, Lisa. Um, They are true music fans. Yeah. Like as long as you're good, as long as you sound good and you put, put together competently catchy, decent music, yep. they're going to like it. Yeah. Those are real music fans. Those are the people you want to go after. Yep. Not me. I'm not your target audience for your band. I'm right. just saying if you happen to impress me, you might actually like really be onto something because I usually don't like that style of music. That's, I and agree. If I'm into it, I'm like, all right, fucking this is cool. If Especially if if you get people, and really I'm not even talking to me, people like me is what I'm getting at. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? So it's <laughs> like if people like me start downloading your hip-hop record to put in the middle of their metal collection, now you're on to something. Yep. And there's a lot of guys like you. Yeah. You're not alone on this. <clears throat> Chilton is super into hip hop. Right. Yep. Um, there's a bunch of dudes that are super into hip hop. It's metal amazing. Dudes, yeah. Death metal dude. It fascinates me. Like, yeah. Because then I, there's other metal dudes that, like, they don't like hip hop. They don't like the shit I do. Yeah. It's very it, closeted. It's like, yeah. Yeah. They're I'm like, like, nope, it's not heavy enough. Yeah. And I, it's gotta I get be that. heavy. I get that. It's gotta I guess. be heavy. Bro. Yeah. Well, if you listen to like, I don't know the way I interpret heavy is just like how it, it, does it give you that energy? Does it like have something to say? Like, you know, Chuck D from public enemy, the motherfucker had something to say. He had a message. It was hard as fuck. You know, right. how is that not heavy? How is it not? You listen to what he says, you know, same with doom tree. Like they're using all these different, like, elements in their music and you know they use distortion and like on their vocals and it's very energetic and it's in your face yeah doom trees like, the shit man steph is a musical genius yeah because he's got like four projects that he writes most of the stuff for and yeah 
and then he's got shredders and he's got the whole doom tree crew and yep. like it's just fucking he's he's a he's i'd love to have him on the podcast i actually i like i said i met him i got to know him a little bit um because i met him and hung out with him more than once but uh it was my singer that really knew him Okay. And it gave me credibility and gave me an in with him. And I'm not cool with my singer anymore, so I can't exactly pull that card. And I'm not honestly like I'm not even sure they were that cool. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, <laughs> right. so it may not even be a b- yeah. good par- card to pull. But, in uh, but um, yeah, I got a couple. I, I'm within a degree or two of him. Like as far as the six degrees of separation, like it, Damn. Wow. he's right around the corner. There's people I know that know him well. Yeah. Um, so I got to get him on the podcast because he'd be a fascinating because he loves all music too. Yeah, yeah, he and does. He was in a, a band guy called like that man. Yep, he was in a band called Building Better Bombs. I remember that band. Yeah, 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 we were trying to play. We were trying to play a show with them. We were actually. I was talking. That's. I remember this now. So I was. I was working at GC. I was hanging out with him. We were talking, damn. and he told me about that band, and we were going to try to book a show together, and the tyrants were going to open. Oof. And the timing just never worked out. Oh, like it yeah. was just, it was fucked. It was yeah. a bad scenario. But uh, yeah, you're right. The building better bombs. That's yeah. another group. He's he. Yeah, the guy's just fucking. I gotta get him on the podcast. Yeah, it's, it's, I just gotta figure out who I know that knows him well enough that I also know well enough. My vocalist can, Chester knows him pretty well. He's talked to. He actually, but I don't his, know Chester, and Chester's yeah. not gonna vouch for me. That's what I'm right. getting at. So I got to. You find should get it. him on this podcast. I should. I'll tell him about that because you guys have a very similar personality too. Yeah. You know, like you know, it's. I can see you guys. I'd like, love to be. Off is what, is a, the best thing to do, and that's since I know him like not at all. Yeah. Um. Is we'll fucking we'll get together. We'll hang out. We'll have a beer. We'll shoot the shit and figure out. Like, I had Sean on the podcast, Poljula, um, from Duratio. But uh, the difference was, is I knew what we were going to talk about going okay. in right. because we had kind of already had brief conversations via text message and yep. some other shit like that. And um, I kind of, it's hard to explain. Long story short, but the best thing to do for situations like that, because I have no idea who Chester is. I'm not yeah. sure he's ever met me. You know what I mean? So I'd want to have a beer with him, hang out with him and shit like that. Um, because I'm asking this guy to literally vouch for me. Right, right, right. So, <clears throat> right. It's like, yeah, gotta have but that I know, I know there's somebody I know personally really well. Okay. That also knows him really well. Okay. And they would be willing to vouch for me. I just got to figure out who that person is. Right. Okay. But I'm cool with too many people for me to not have somebody. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> I, I, I have. that's what I'm saying is, and that's dude, again, like I said on the podcast before, that's the hardest part of this whole thing, dude, is figuring yeah. out how to get people on the podcast. Yep. People I know, like timing wise, scheduling wise, that's the hardest part. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you're you're doing you're doing a great thing. I love like honestly, I feel like even talking about like music and like what makes because it's podcasts are kind of the same thing now. Yeah. There's a dime a dozen. They're all out there. They're crazy. Like there's prolific as fuck, right? But what's going to make... And there's so uh, many bad ones, dude. Not to say this one's fucking great or anything. Well, like. I, and I wouldn't... I, like, I'm just kind of getting into it a little bit to a degree. Like, you know, there's Rogan stuff, which is great. You know, the the guys kind of got it mastered well, yeah, to a degree. Yeah, the Elvis of podcasts. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and then there's, you know, oddly enough, Lars Ulrich has one. And really? And it's called It's Electric. And the dude's a fascinating interviewer. I'm sure he is. Like it's it's fascinating. He had Maynard James Keenan on, and it was the best conversation I've ever check seen. That one out. It was so good, and you know, so that's. But here's the thing: like they have something like the bands and stuff that we find fascinating. Like they have that nuance, that element 
Um, and it's with yours. Like what I noticed, I'm like, God, Jared is, is this engaging person. Like, you know, he has his background that he's not afraid to say, here's how I view it. Here's like, you don't, you're not there to put on a show for the sake of being good. Like I need to follow these footsteps. No, you're you, you know what I mean? And you bring that out in your, with your, from your guests too. Like I would have never known <laughs> a lot of this information from people that I know who, who are your guests Wow, because of experience. what you do and who you are, you know, and that's, I can see what you're doing is going to go places. Like it's, it's just going to take time. That's Holy all. Shit, man. Thanks, man. Like, I, and I've enjoyed, like I've at work, I'll have my phone on <laughs> watching your fucking podcast while oh, I'm at work, thanks, like just man. watching it. You know, I wish I had two hours to get through the entire thing, but like I will easily make it through an hour, you know, thanks, before man. I'm like, I better do some work. <laughs> Dude, but, someday, someday soon, actually, we're launching the audio side of it. So I'm gonna dump. Oh, nice. I'm gonna dump the audio version of all of these podcasts on iTunes because I guarantee you, there's a lot of people that can, like, would love to listen to the podcast at work that yep. are listening to it now. Yep. But they can't have their phone open like that. They right. can't, you know, their battery dies yep. or there's no cell phones open on the floor. But they can put an earbud in, yep. put it in their pocket. Yep. So I'm shortchanging a lot of people. I already know, and I apologize to you guys, but there's a surprisingly large amount of logistics that go into getting your shit on iTunes properly. Yeah, yeah, there is, yeah. Without paying a third-party service and trusting them to store all my... Because yeah. that shit falls, boom, you guys no longer get my podcast. You yep. know? And I, I can't afford... what I don't know what Joe Rogan's doing. I had to figure out my own route for that. I don't, yep. know, how, I don't know how everyone does it. I know there's options. But yep. most of them involved me trusting some random oh, third yeah. party to host TuneCore. all my podcasts. You know, three yeah. hour pop. Right. It's like Ugh. three hour. Pop. No, I found a local guy. I should actually get back to him too because I was I wanted to talk to him about sponsoring the podcast because he's one of those guys that could help us. The guy who I do my hosting through, okay, my, my server, whatever you call it, yeah, the website that yep. I'm building, yeah. Um. His whole formula is about helping local bands and underground bands and small companies nice. like get high end fucking. Uh, Was this hosting. the dude you were talking with Eric about, or probably not? Because that guy is more of a design guy. Oh, just, okay. Yeah. Never mind. This guy okay. does the hosting shit on the side. Okay. His name's AC. It's called TCBands.com. Oh, okay. Um, no, yeah. All right. He like if you're gonna build a website for your band that's where you should have it hosted because okay. you're not going to get better hosting for anywhere near that price. Okay. Um, that's the guy to go through for sure. Right. He's the shit, man. He's a fucking awesome cat. Cause it's the same thing. He like had us, he had a fucking thing he could do to help the group. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so he's like, I'll host everybody. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. this is what we do. Yeah. So I'll, I'll get, I'll hook you guys up. And I don't know if it's at cost or for a very low pro profit. I don't know. But right. you go through, you apply, he approves you, boom, you got hosting. Nice. If we can find a great web designer who can fucking hook everybody up, boom, now we got good websites. Yep. Now whether you want to start a podcast, because I think that's one of the secret ways each band can sort of monetize is by creating, because now fan clubs Yep. are no longer obscure. Everybody's yeah, yeah. got a Patreon, right? So you create your little Patreon for a buck ninety nine, two ninety nine a month, whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. Something super low, super something something super reasonable, but there is value there. For example, your band 
does a fucking podcast like this yeah, yeah, once a yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Once a week, the four or five of you guys sit down with microphones and headphones on a quality podcast that sounds good. Yep. And you just sit there and it's backstage with Dying Euphoria and it's you assholes just sitting there drinking beer, shooting yeah. the shit, dick and fart jokes. <laughs> like, and here's the point. Now everybody's there like they're part of the band. That's exactly, value, dude. Yes, you know? that's what I see. A lot of artists are trying to go down that avenue. Figure like you're something saying. like that out. Yeah, every, yeah, yeah. every band can do this. Yep. Maybe you're not doing a podcast like this where it's your bread and butter. You're banging yeah. out multiple episodes a week. That would be obnoxious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Focus on your music. That's what you're doing, right? Yep. But if you're doing it as a way to add value content yep. on the back end so you can start monetizing and earning passive income. Yep while still appealing and giving something extra to people yep. instead of just having your music on iTunes. Because we need to start respecting the fact that we're not putting music on iTunes yeah. to make money. You're putting music on iTunes as promo. Yep. It's it's promotion. Yeah. Get them into your music so they come find you and then become part of your community. Exactly. And you have to create extra content that makes it worth that. And then touring and playing shows if done properly that is where you make your money selling yep. fucking t-shirts fucking all that yep. kind of stuff and then actually playing the shows yep and just figure out your balance and what your deal is yep and yeah we just need we need we need a team we and, and we need a fucking complex we need a place so like rehearsal space seems to be covered because guy like will we got city sound that's always been a staple yeah so we're good on that yeah but we need more venues yep Venues, even, if, even if we start doing guerrilla style shows. Yeah, dude, dude honestly. Like, I used to hook up with Benneke. Remember oh, Justin yeah, Justin, Benneke? yeah, yeah. I used to hook up with Benneke and do, for, well, I think I only did one with Benneke. I did them on my own before that, I believe, but uh, maybe I did more than one. I don't know. Justin, hit me up. You got my number, dude. <sighs> um, I, th I think we did one together. I know we did one yeah, together. Yeah, because he ran heavies for a while. I think I don't we know did more booked, than one but... together, but that's what that's. I know we did a show together, Justin. I want you to correct me if we did more than one together because I can't remember. But I would find warehouses, oh, and and outdoor spaces, um, just like the Malax Metal Mayhem. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We started doing these gorilla shows yeah. and just doing them on our yes. own. Yes. Yeah, like, I don't give a fuck that, what we got to do, but we need to figure out a way to start playing. Completely remember, agree. Remember how fucking raves would work, dude? Yeah, like you didn't oh, know God. where the fucking rave was going to be until twenty four hours yeah. before the rave. You yeah. get a flyer a month out with no address on it. Yeah, and you had to find out that night where the rave was. Yeah, or twenty four hours beforehand, yep. so the cops didn't bust it up. Right. Maybe we got to do that, dude. I, dude, I like that concept, and actually, that was um, a thing that was happening. I don't know, like four years ago, they did it for a couple years where they did like. You know, Top Secret Metal Fest, it was called. Um, too great wordy. concept. Yeah, too wordy. I'm just kidding. Concept, yeah. Too many words. Top Metal Secret. No, no Top Secret even, Metal Fest. Yeah, That's, that works. Yeah, so it was that same concept that you were just talking about, the guerrilla style, you know, or like the rave style. You, get, you have no idea what bands are going to be playing, blah, blah, blah. You'll know the day of, you know. The problem is with that is they tried to host this at the Caboose, right? Great venue for this type of thing because they got two stages, blah, blah, blah. But it's the caboose. Now you have to cater to that, how they operate. Dude, because if, if we did fucking guerrilla style shows the right way, like a real rave, like not at a real venue. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like we kind of need wild, to take dude. it. We kind of need to take it back to the roots. You yeah. know what I mean? Like right. we're at the bottom. Right. We, 
we have to figure dude, out a way. And it'll be totally like we'll be fucking true rebels, dude. I know. You know, because we'll be hiding from the government and shit. I know, and dude. Everybody's in on it. It'll be like going to a speakeasy because of COVID yes. lockdown and shit. Exactly. Yes. Then the there's fucking, that. Yeah. Yep. We find a fucking like old ammunition factory in the middle oh, of the fucking man. winter. That's what I'm fucking talking just about. Throw a gorilla show. Put a yeah. big piece of plexiglass in front of the stage so we don't get spit on right. from the fans. <laughs> You guys wear masks right. if you want to. We yeah. don't give fucks. Right. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> just gorilla throw style. down, dude. Yep. That's, yeah, yeah, and that's then just perfect. tear the whole thing down and be gone the next morning and just do it far enough out to where nobody can call the cops. Right. Or would call the cops. Yep, exactly. Yeah, there was, yeah, so many. In- Jackson Malax was a big one. Uh, there was one before Chaos in the Country. Like that we was used cool to do. One. Jacob Nelson used to do that one. Yeah. As, yep. as much beef as I have with that dude, that is a fucking something I really respect him for. All yeah. that work he did with Chaos in the Country. That yep. was a cool. F- and I heard the first few years really sucked. Yeah. But he, he turned it into something great. Yep. And that was, again, that was one of those things that, that died right before I came into the scene. Like he finally was exactly. like, I'm yep. done. Yep. Right before I was, I finally got my shit together. But I'd, I'd heard about it. I knew of it. And I just didn't get my shit together in time to be a part of it. Yeah. No, it's. But yeah, we again. So not only did you have Shannon and Bill and Joe, you had guys like Jacob Nelson. You uh-huh. had these other people hustling on the scene because they wanted to be the next yeah, Shannon Brettel. They was, wanted to be the next Bill Berry, whoever. Right, you know? yeah. They, or they wanted to supplement it in some way to where they had this one thing to look forward to every year, like a Woodstock or like whatever. You know, This is the one big event that you have to look forward to, and we're going to supplement yep. the ongoing scene as it is with this big once-in-a-year festival where- yep. That's immediately going to draw a big crowd, yep. and you can charge whatever and like have more amenities. But uh, yeah, it's I don't know. I think we need to have like a coalition like that that does those things to <laughs> right now build the scene back up because of all the restrictions and just everything that's going on. I the think it starts, and I think it starts with streaming live shows. Yep, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I think that's what it starts with. Yep, yep. It's we don't really have any other choice and we ha- probably have to do it guerrilla style find a f- find a place that we can safely just get there and just host it without having to follow a venue's restrictions cuz it's not their fault they're at the mercy of the restrictions so right. we got to do it that way first and foremost and then get everybody slowly back up and attending shows safely and ah man it it can be done I think and it i can. i like the way you think about that man, right on, man. you need we need that energy well, listen, dude, uh, we've blown way past our hard out oh, time. Look. It's nine o'clock. Oh, um, hey. Uh, Birthday I boy. totally forgot. I totally lost track. I apologize. Oh, um, no, that's fine. But you got to come back on because people are going to eat me alive that we got way off track and <laughs> I didn't dig into your brain enough and they wanted to hear more stories about drumming and uh, touring and all that. They're going to kill me on this one. They're going to they're going to eat me alive for it. So you got to come back on. You oh, absolutely. Come back on soon. Yep. Um, where can people follow you? I did put it in the description, but just so people can. Yep. So yeah, musically, um, current my two, um, I guess most functioning bands right now that function regularly, I should say, um, are Plague of Stars and Isilik, Y S I L I K, because it's a weird name. <laughs> and I have other bands, Chalice of Suffering and Dying Euphoria. We're trying to get something going, but uh, it's slow, slow process, but. You know, we're really tight unit and blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now musically. So other than that, just being a dad and working a full-time job. It's so fucking, it's so tough in COVID. It's so tough, dude. Oh, it's, it's like, what is anybody doing? It's trying to be a fucking dad or a husband, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, there is, there is a blessing in disguise that came with this whole thing. It, you know, I didn't realize how busy I was with music until 
it hit and everything went away. Like I had a bunch of shows, like really good shows booked this year, all gone. I know. So I took like two months off of drumming then touch it. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to hang out with my kids and go do things that I don't normally do. And I do a lot with them already, but now it's like I'm dedicated, you know, 100%. I don't have to worry about planning for a show. I can go help my family members with projects and shit. Like that's where my time's going. Yeah. To shit that I don't normally get to do. So that's been good to actually, yeah, you know, get that's that huge, time dude. That's huge that you look at the positive of it because that's that's true. I mean, like I've gotten way more done in this house as far as the remodeling stuff. Yep. Because um, I have time and money, which I've never had before in my entire life. That nice. combination. That's a good combination. I've had one and not the other. You know. <laughs> yeah. Usually it's everybody like, does. Fuck, yeah. dude. So I'm I'm treating it as a blessing in disguise. I'm seizing the opportunity. I launched the podcast. I'm yeah. doing more remodeling. Um, unfortunately, I'm not spending any more time with Kate, but she's also not working, so I don't need to. <laughs> right. You yeah, know what I mean? Like we spend enough time together. Yeah, we we, yeah. we don't. There's nowhere to go. Yep. There's no shows. Yep. There's no three rehearsals a week. Right. Yep. There's I don't leave the house hardly at all. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, I do, but I mean, go buy smokes and fucking whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? Just little shit. But mm -hmm. I, I mean, even like when I ordered, when I got beer stuff for, mm -hmm. to brew more beer, I ordered that. Yeah. You, you can, know, I yep. ordered a shit ton through Amazon. I'm not going shopping. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, we, when we do like socialize, we have people over. Yeah, that's good. Um, so, and same thing. She goes, she does her little errands every morning at like 6, 7 a.m. before fucking people exist. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, but same thing. So we're, we're not like we were, we were never lacking time together. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, you're like how you functioned before, like it, it's gone. It's almost it gone. Like, especially as musicians, because yes. of how much we practiced, how, you know, our shows, Dude, it consumes so much time. You don't realize it till that's literally gone. Like, yep. holy shit. All right, now what? Like, so yeah, it's. But you're staying at it though, man. Yeah. I mean, oh, you're yeah. still posting shit. You're still doing shit. Yep. So getting back at it. Like, that's, that's huge. There's yeah. too many guys that I've seen just lay it down and they're like, well, what are we, we going to do? I, it's I, like, write music, motherfucker. I know. I almost like, dude, there was a time like late July where I was like, you know, I don't really care if I play another show again. I'm kind of liking this, you know, <laughs> like I still love music and that's I'm always like, going to do it. That's like, like with a, that's like when you wake up with a bad hanger and hangover and you're like, Oh, I'm never drinking <laughs> again. It's like, yeah. Okay. Boomer. That, that like, afternoon. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, exactly. Then all of a sudden, two hours later, you're fucking drinking a bloody Mary. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, okay. Yeah. Take, just taking the edge off. Yeah. That's all. I swear to God. Yeah. That's uh, I'm not playing any more shows, man. I'm done. And then all of a sudden I see you at a show. Like two weeks later, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this motherfucker's got the itch. Yeah, yeah, sure as shit. Three months later, you got a new band. Yeah. You just did a, a record, and you're like, you got the whole thing together. I'm like, not only are you still doing it, but you're going hard in the paint. Yeah, exactly. You're fake ass I'm Michael Brett Jordan it, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brett Farvin, I swear it's my last season. I swear. <laughs> oh fuck, oh shit, dude! All right, dude, you got to come back on, man. Absolutely, I, I feel dude. Like I shortchanged you a little fuck bit. Yeah, we dude, didn't, no way. It's we didn't great. get into it's enough of the drop shit. That was a weird handshake. Let's okay. do it again. Ah, oh, there it go. is. Um. Yeah, we didn't get into enough of music stuff, but I, dude, I had a blast. No. We also yeah. we didn't know that we had that much because, real quick, same thing we've talked about on the podcast. We've talked about it off the podcast. Like, we don't have enough time because we're musicians uh -huh. to talk about everything. We rabbit so hole. We find out on these podcasts, like, oh shit, I didn't even know. I've known that dude for fifteen years. I had no idea 
blah, blah, blah. Same thing. Neither one of us had any idea that the other one was into brewing, which we barely even touched into. Um, Sports. Like, I didn't know you were a sports guy. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, dude. So that's... That's why. Yeah, exactly. We, we hang out before the podcast. We talk about shit. And sometimes that will completely derail what I originally intended to do on the That's the beauty of the podcast. Exactly. Because it's organic. That, that's, yeah, it should be organic like this. And learning, like this isn't an interview. This is Jared and Aaron and Jared and your guests talking. Bullshitting. Bullshitting. Yep. <laughs> and that's where the most interesting things come out. That's why yep. I watch your shit. Because like, you Thanks, bring man. that shit out. So. Well, and, Dude, that means a lot because you also get it. Too. Like, yeah. not only do you find it cool, but you literally understand the point. Because I get that from people. Like, dude, you interrupt too much. It's like, yeah, sometimes I do, but also sometimes it's like, I don't find this topic topic industry interesting. Yeah. And like, I'm gonna be sitting here for a half hour bored on my own fucking podcast <laughs> right. if I'm bored on this topic, like the flat Earth or the COVID yeah. shit or certain things. Like, yeah, I'm gonna switch gears. Yeah, you know, or like if I feel like sometimes every once in a while a guy will start telling like a really specific old story. Yeah. And it's like halfway, Get to the through, point, halfway through the story, it's like, okay, if you're <laughs> not, because like t- telling a story, you need to have like funny parts in it, right? I to know, keep the story going. Really, so if they don't have funny things in it and I'm starting to drift off and get distracted, uh, I'll fucking say some immature shit and derail it for a little bit. Cause I'm like, dude, <laughs> I know we're dude, not dude, filling 20 minutes on this. Yeah. Like not, and I'm not talking about you. I'm yeah. talking about. So then when I get a guest on who actually gets it and they're not, we're not trying to like force this fucking like thing. It, we just yeah. go all over the place. That's what the, the, these are the most fun podcasts is they go all over the place. Yeah. And if we're lucky, we, we talk about some serious shit. I know. Like, yeah. that's, I mean, we'll that's, sneak it in there. If we're lucky. Yeah. If we're lucky. If we're fucking lucky. So we'll do this again. We'll dive into yep. a little bit more music shit. Um, Fuck yeah. Maybe, uh. Maybe I'll bring you on with another drummer and we'll do like a little fucking. That'd be cool. We'll do a. That'd be super cool. We'll find somebody to sit in that chair and we'll do it again. Um, yeah. Because maybe if we have another drummer, we'll focus more on music next time. Yeah. And that's that's one of my things. Just too many common interests, dude. Oh, You're yeah. Absolutely. Come on a lot, though. Because, yeah, we'll. That, that, that's the easiest way. We'll just have you on regularly. Fuck yeah, dude. I Like, you know, I, I would. My, my thing with drumming is like, I'm more about talking about other drummers like me whatever that's cool but like i'd rather talk about the amazing talent in this fucking state Dude, with drummers and that influenced me so it's like i'd rather talk about them than yeah i'll mention me a little bit but those guys are what we say there's see. a lot of them but there's really not that's why all of you guys are in 12 fucking bands that, that's true yeah there's there's a shortage but like if you really go down the rabbit hole and if you get into other genres like i could name 20 right now that are and that doesn't seem like a lot but <laughs> People like people are going jared if you said you could drummer why not why aren't you in 12 bands because <laughs> i don't work well with others that's right no, he's I he's got one well jared to work with no i i work well with others i just if i'm gonna come play drums for your band you it's just gotta be it's gotta grow grab me on yeah. every level the guitar's got to be prolific the songwriting's got to be amazing that your lead singer's got to be the shit because i do those other jobs yeah, i have yes. done those other jobs and it's very difficult for me to join other people's bands yeah so i just write my own shit and try to find people that want to do it with me because it's easier than me trying to find a band that i love right 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 you know where most drummers you guys are music fiends and you'll join any band that'll have you. Yeah, no, <laughs> dude, we're whores. We are sluts. So we get th- around, that's, bitch. That's why that I'm is not partially in, true. That's why I'm not drumming for anyone. Yeah. Is because like I don't want to sound arrogant, but like there's no one that I want to drum for. Mm-hmm. There's just not. Yeah. Like the bands that are looking for drummers, even some people are like, dude, come play drums for me. I'm like, eh. Yeah. 
No, that's know? good that you have that. You're a little, it's just too metal. You yeah. know, it's too, and not only just too metal, but it's too one-dimensionally metal for yeah. me, yeah. for me. Because yeah. I don't want to write that music. I was in that band. Yeah. I just happened to sing in that band, you know, not literally Dying Euphoria, but like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. It's good to have that boundary and to know when like, okay, this doesn't, you know, like you're not desperate to get something, you know. I'm in like a lot of bands. Most of them are like studio projects or like we're just kind of getting together trying to figure it out like you know but i feel each one of them has some kind of unique special thing about them you know right but yeah dude let's do this again man yeah yeah, yeah. let's do it again soon awesome all right guys if you like the video like subscribe share fuck man share I, can't, I can't say that sentence lately fuck smash that like a button like subscribe share um yeah the word of mouth shit is the best way to smash promote it. this po podcast um and y y yeah, if we said any dumb shit, eat me alive in the comments. That's fine. <laughs> Love you guys. Um, I think I forget who I have coming up Saturday, but we'll go live again Saturday. This yes. episode, if they didn't catch it live, they're going to have to wait till tomorrow night. You guys, um, I don't know if I let any of you know that, but this is going to go down tonight and then it will reappear tomorrow night. Mm, like a phantom. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. And I'll, <laughs> I don't have to explain my reasoning to any of you. That's right. Love you guys. Bye. Peace.